What's Good Games podcast. We are all here together. Finally, ladies, welcome back to the Bay. Hi. I love that you started off with what's good. I figure it's about time for us to do that. Yeah. We are the What's Good Games podcast. We've received some requests for that, actually. Oh, we did. Yeah. have. Well, I'm here to serve. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Andrea Renee, and I'm joined, as always, by my panel of fantastic co-hosts. To my left, Miss Arex- Arexa? Wow, Arexa. <laughs> Alexa oh. Ray Korea. Hi. I, did, I didn't mean to butcher your name. I'm no, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, you are maybe upping Steimer in the lipstick game this week. A little bit. Oh, well, mine's not actually lipstick, so it's fine. Uh, I well, just... I, it's a place. tinted lip balm. Well, there we go. <laughs> what brand? The one you would have never heard of. Oh my! It's probably okay. organic. I'm, I'm and very all hipster when it comes. She is organic, made from. Steimer and I have been organic skincare shopping balm before. Leaves, <laughs> yes, plucked from the made tip from of a mountain. Yes. Slug slime. Speaking of which, that's oh God. Christine Steimer down there. Hello, hi, it's me and Brittany Braunbacher. La, she's our uh, little sandwich. So Steimer is <laughs> repping our WGG prototype shirt. Yes, and somehow we all coordinated Nintendo shirts. Uh, whoops it wasn't intentional it just happened whoops <laughs> so for the people who are listening uh brit is wearing a super mario shirt that has classic mario characters on it cool muscle shirt it's yeah. like cut down sun's out guns out exactly boobs out. alexa sort of. and i are both wearing the unique low mario t-shirts she's got the booze got the booze and i have the i am legend zelda shirt it's a fantastic shirt andrea thank you it is pretty oh. pretty cute I do I like it. it. Um, the only thing I don't like is that the sleeves are a little long for my personal taste, but Just that's a Uniqlo style thing. Um, so, ladies, um, it's been an interesting week. Not a ton of news has happened, but there is some interesting stories. The biggest story of the week we're going to get to in one second. Before I do that, I want to give a giant shout out to one of our awesome sponsors, TakeThis.org. One in four people in America deals with a mental health issue. You guys, that's 25% of the population. Talking about mental health symptoms is the fastest way to find hope and healing. But the stigma of mental health issues makes a lot of people feel like they kind of have to suffer in silence. And that's never a good thing. Take This helps by letting people know it's okay to not be okay. And there's help. Visit TakeThis.org for stories from people like you, advice from our mental health experts, and tips for how to help people you love who might be struggling. Take this. It's dangerous to go alone. And I'm wearing my Zelda shirt. Love that. And it says take Take this this on it. It does. It does. And it's got lots of hearts and stuff. It's on your left boob. Yep. Yes. It's dangerous to go alone. Left boob. Take Take this. this. Like right on the nip. Like literally right (laughs) over my nipple. Um, (laughs) Don't stare there now the whole show. Um, So thank you to Take This for supporting the What's Good Games podcast. Please, if you guys have ever had thoughts, if you know someone who's having thoughts or who has questions about mental health, Take This is a fantastic resource. They do great work and we appreciate their support and support them in return. 
So if you guys want to get involved in our community like Take This, we have a fantastic Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash what's good games. This week we are doing two exclusive streams. By the time this podcast posts, those streams will have been completed. But if you missed out and you want to get it in on the streams for July, you have until June 30th to sign up and become a patron of ours. We would love it if you guys got involved. We also would love it if you would subscribe and rate us on podcast services, on iTunes, on Google Play. Even if you don't listen to the podcast on most services, if you use something else, if you're watching this on YouTube or on vid.me, it would really help us out if you guys could still go and leave us a rating and subscribe there. That would be incredibly helpful to us and we would be super grateful for that real and, quick on the patreon thing yes. we are archiving those streams by the way so technically they can go back and watch if they miss them yes if they're current patrons right. yes yes that's what i meant yeah. i didn't mean to be confusing thank you yeah. for that clarification if you are a patron and you got in for the month of may then you will be able to watch the streams if you miss them live don't worry you're not missing out on the content on your exclusive content um, those will be unlisted links, but, um, if you guys want to watch all of our content for everybody, subscribe to our YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash what's good games. We have some really fun content going up there as well as our Facebook page, which Brit has been doing a fantastic job with. Thank you. Uh, we have some really cool content. We answer your guys' questions. Uh, this week, the question is what game would you make if you could make a game? And I think it kind of stumped a lot of us. It did. <laughs> um, but if you want to hear our answers, you can check that out on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash what's good games. Okay. That's enough plugs for now. That was good. Um, but this is important. We want to make sure that if you guys are new to our community, you know where you can find all of our stuff. So the big news of the week, ladies. Dun, 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 dun. <sighs> the SNES Classic Mini has been unveiled. Oh boy. It's coming on September 29th to the United States for $79.99. It will feature an unreleased game, Star Fox 2. Oh my God. So for clarification, <sighs> yes, this was leaked as a ROM. It is playable if you can find it. But it was never officially released by Nintendo. So this will be the first time. Um, it includes a list of some fantastic games. Donkey Kong Country, Earthbound, Final Fantasy III, F-Zero, Kirby Superstar, Kirby Dream Course, The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, Mega Man X, Secret of Mana, Star Fox, Star Fox 2, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Hyper Fighting, Castlevania 4, Super Ghouls of Ghosts, Super Mario Kart, Super Mario RPG, The Legend Bunch of, of Mario Super Mario World, Super Metroid, Super Punch-Out, Yoshi's Island, and Contra 3, The Alien Wars. Splooge! Oh, dear. So, ladies. Dear God. What? What do you think about this? <laughs> That's it? I, will, I'll let everybody, I know. <laughs> I gave I my was, thoughts earlier on the DLC <laughs> podcast this week, so you guys go first, and I can circle back. Brit. Okay. So the lineup is incredible. I feel like 90% of my top Super Nintendo games are on this little beautiful console. Um, however, I don't want to deal with the stress of trying to find one. I know Nintendo has said they're making, what, substantially more SNES mini consoles than they did with the NES. Uh, that said, it still stresses me out to know that I would have to refresh. I've been refreshing Best Buy's pre-order page like 10 times it more ten times an hour. And I don't want to stand in line. So my justification was going to be, hey, I have all of these games. I have multiple copies of all of these games on there that I would ever want. So it's not super important to me that I get it. And then my grandma called. Ruh-roh. <laughs> and then my grandma, grandma called. <laughs> So my grandma called, and for those of you who don't know, my grandma is the one who introduced me to video games, and she and Super Nintendo is her favorite console. 
And so she's like, hey, have you heard of this thing called the Super Nintendo Classic Mini? She's like, man, I would love to have that in my bedroom. Do you know how I could get my hands on one of those? And then I put on my war paint. Now I'm on a mission to get one of these things. Well, if I see them, I will be sure to grab an extra copy for Grandma. Thank you. For Grandma Grandma Brombacher. Yeah, so that's... That's something that is, you know, super challenging. The UK pre-orders went on sale first. They immediately sold out. Um, Best Buy, Walmart, and Amazon had pre-orders up first here in the United States. Those are already sold out. I signed up for the email alerts for all three of them. Um, wait, 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 hold on. Best Buy sold out? Last their, I checked. Of their pre-orders. Yeah. Best Buy is not the place you want to pre-order literally anything Nintendo. Because they, like, cancel Amiibo orders, run out of Amiibos. Like, I've never had any right. with Nintendo. So the only Best reason Buy. I interrupted you is because I checked Amazon, and Amazon says currently unavailable, which yeah. means they sold out. Walmart, unavailable. But Best Buy says coming soon. At least they did last time I checked. Hmm. So I'm not maybe, sure. Maybe I looked at the verbiage wrong. Let me double check. Let's look right now. Because I've been refreshing that, and I've been watching the Twitters the Twitters and everyone's like, hey, they uploaded key art just yesterday. Maybe they're going to go on sale soon and maybe they've already gone on sale and I haven't been able to check it out because I've been in San Francisco. It is interesting that GameStop has not opened pre-orders yet because GameStop has a very long history of having exclusive partnerships with Nintendo, specifically Nintendo hardware. So I have to imagine that GameStop is maybe either finagling some kind of a deal with them to get more than some of the other retailers or maybe they're going to get like an exclusive edition because we've seen now that there are three separate versions of this snes classic so the uk version is different than the one in the united states and then japan also got a special classic edition the that best is modeled version. after the super famicom did it's i say that right so pretty yeah yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait you think that's the best version it's pretty it's they the lose, pretty version. Well, it has Earthbound. Earthbound. It, yeah, it has different oh, I didn't know games. That. Yeah. So the Japanese version loses Earthbound, Kirby's Dream Course, That's Super weird. Castlevania 4, and Super Punch-Up, but it gains Fire Emblem, Mystery of the Emblem. That's oh, what I wanted. Hold on. Legend of the <laughs> Mystical Ninja, Panel de Pawn, Tetris Attack, and Super Soccer. And both systems will include Star Fox 2. So I want to know, when they say Final Fantasy 3, is it... Final Fantasy 3, or is it Final Fantasy 6, which was released in America as 3? Has anyone answered that question yet? Not we could probably nope. ask, ask Nintendo. Nintendo. <laughs> Dear Nintendo, Because if it's this? Final Fantasy 6, I hey, will Bill. buy the damn thing just for Final Fantasy 6. Because all the ports are garbage. I think a question a lot of people are asking is, where is Chrono Trigger? That's that's the other thing. For like, the North America. I think all of them. I don't think any of them. No. Yeah, it just says it, coming yeah, soon. You're correct. It okay. boggles my mind that of all of the like role-playing games and of all the classics that they could put onto that thing, that Chrono Trigger is the one they skate over. And I wonder if it's because there's like it's been released on everything and ported and you can get it on like PSN or whatever. But mm-hmm. I just don't. Like, I don't understand. I do not understand that move. My mind is boggled. You know, it would have been a huge fucking deal. Mother 3? Yeah. I love you. Nintendo! You know me. Yes. So, if they had released Mother 3 on that. I I, I don't think they would do that, though. No, if they're going to release not. Not. If no. they're going to release Mother 3, it's going to be like, stand and boom, Mother 3 standalone. Because if Mother 3 was on that thing, then there's like no way. Anybody would get heck. it. Like, would would you pay? I mean, no, that's that's a dumb. Before I asked the question, I knew the answer. <laughs> I don't mean would that you nobody, pay eighty dollars for Mother Three. Yes. I'm saying people, I people would be people more would. pissed that they wouldn't be able to get their hands on it. Correct. Though. 
Like, yeah. There would be more right. anger. I don't believe Nintendo at all that they're going to make this more available. They said that with the Switch. They said that like there's the Switch you can't find one. Right. Well, you have to like the, I didn't find one. One found me. Right. But you still <laughs> can't find this benefactor. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what's interesting about people being upset about the apparent lack of units is to me the thing that's concerning is not just our doubt of Nintendo coming true to their words saying there will be significantly more available than the NES classic is the time frame with which they say it will be on sale. So it goes on sale September 29th and they have said definitively now, unless they go back on that later, that it will only be on sale for the calendar year of 2017, meaning hypothetically come the end of December, they're not going to continue making shipments of this item. I think that's a huge miss. I don't know why they would cut off sales after three months the NES Classic was on sale for around five months before Nintendo stopped shipping it. And you can only buy it like through a third party reseller like eBay or Amazon, who's somebody who's, you know, selling it. I, I looked, the NES Classic is on Amazon right now for $230. Yep. Yeah, no. Too much. Like, I mean, if I'm going to spend $230, I'm buying a Switch. Right. right? So um, I don't know. It's It's frustrating. I think it's exciting because. The SNES in particular was a console that I spent a really big chunk of my formative gaming life on, more so than the NES, because I was so much younger when the NES came out and I spent time. Like, the SNES is like was like my jam. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. loved that console. Because actually, now that I have a Switch... It's the second console that I've owned from Nintendo. But the super the first one was Super Nintendo. And so like for me there was definitely that nostalgia factor of like, oh, I used to have this thing and I loved it. But then and it's realistic mini. me says, I don't need that. What I need is virtual console on the Switch so that I can play Donkey Kong Country right. on the go. Yes. And that's I think what's frustrating also a lot of people is where is their virtual console? I mean, I know Nintendo's talked about it and i think they said next year they're going to talk more. they're waiting until they're like subscription yeah online yeah, service yeah. thing um launches so yeah. it's just kind of not i don't want to say the word shady because i think the snes mini is a fantastic deal and if you you know if you haven't picked up these games in a long time great if there's some of your favorites great if you just want it because it's cute great but it's like uh, virtual console we want to know more details about that and here you are releasing all of your like top nintendo games but no virtual console mentions no confirmations mm-hmm. but it is curious why they haven't spoken about virtual console yet do you think it's because they're waiting until they can ship more switches out before they focus on hey here's another big software offering for people who already have a switch Instead, maybe they're holding that announcement until after Super Mario Odyssey releases, and then they'll talk about virtual console. It's weird that the console that Switch launched without a virtual console, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I can't help but think that maybe they don't have it all worked out yet. Maybe they're trying to test the waters and see what numbers look like. Yeah, I'm with Brittany on that one. I'm almost like I'm. I would be more inclined to buy the SNES Classic if it was like a software package for your Switch. Because I would rather be able to carry all of those games with me with the console that I use the most now than yep. sit down in front of the TV with it. Because it's like a lot of those games are on everything else already. I just feel like it's not like, yeah, it's a good collector's item, but I feel like it, they would make more and get farther if that's what they did with it. Agree. Yep. I think we all are in agreement there. And I'm sure a lot of the people listening and watching the show would much rather have virtual console than another classic. 
Uh, what do you think about the rumors that the N64 classic is in the pipeline, is coming up next? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> really? I mean, I could see it coming. Um, That's what she, she said. said. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. I think, I think it, would be, it, would have to be, it would have to be more expensive, and I don't think they'd be able to fit as many games on the thing. Like, you probably wouldn't get 30. Maybe you'd get, like, half of that. Yeah, I don't know the technical mumbo-jumbo, so I can't really speak on that. But uh, I could see it coming, like I said. Uh, but again, the idea of it just kind of stresses me out because it's already like chaos with the Super Nintendo. And it's like, oh, trying to get an N64. No, thank you. For me, I don't need another thing that I could hook up to my TV. I just don't. I've got enough of those things. I've got all my HDMI ports are filled. <laughs> They're spoken for. <laughs> so what I need girl an extension. is my virtual console that goes with me everywhere word all right nintendo you've uh you've heard we have two questions when are you localizing mother three <laughs> it was you. in my what game would you make video Same like where? come on man too. and when's virtual console coming? and right. also which final fantasy is it yeah which one <laughs> come on too. we'll f- we'll try to find out answers to these questions all right so next story the game critics awards for e3 2017 nominations and winners were both announced this week so we won't waste our time going through all of the nominees if you guys want to look at those it's gamecriticsawards.com if you want to look at every game that was nominated um so the game critics awards are a really long running very uh sought after award that publishers and developers want because it is meant to represent the kind of best of the best of video game publications now in recent years they've expanded the pool of people who could vote by including some influencers by including some YouTubers and people who have had a history of doing um, video game reviews, um, accredited previews, news stories, things like that. But it's a very difficult group to get invited to. Um, Most of the time you need to have a certain amount of years that you've been covering. You have to do X amount of stories per year and, and yada, yada. The criteria is long. So what's interesting about these awards is that in order to be considered for an award, the game must be playable and it must be at least five minutes of hands-on time which is an important distinction because there were some glaring omissions from this list most notably in my mind was spider-man but that's because it wasn't hands-on for the people who were voting and so just keep that in mind when you hear some of these winners and nominations um there were some other games. I'll, I'll find a list of the games that were missing from this. So best of show, no surprise, Super Mario Odyssey. This was Duh. what everybody was talking about. You guys all talked about Super Mario and how you loved playing it. And now I'm like even more sad that I didn't get to try it. <laughs> I just got to wait till October. It's soon. It's coming so soon. That's um, what she said. Yeah. So best original game. I'm going to run down these quickly and then we'll, we can talk about them afterwards. Best original game, Mario plus Rabbids. Kingdom Battle. Um, best console game, Super Mario Odyssey. Best VR game, Lone Echo. Best PC game, Destiny 2. Surprise there. Hmm. Best handheld, Metroid Samus Returns. Best hardware, Xbox One X. Best action game, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Best action adventure, Super Mario Odyssey. Best role-playing, Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom. Best racing, Forza Motorsport 7. Best fighting game, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Yes. Best sports game, FIFA 18. So Best strategy, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Hell yeah. There. Best family game, Hidden Agenda. Wait. That's actually, best family slash party game. Um, they kind of left out part of that title there. <laughs> Wait, wasn't Hidden Agenda the creepy one? Yes. This, yeah. is why, this is why it's weird. 
Um, best online multiplayer, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Best independent game, The Artful Escape of Francis Vendetti. So, um, this is an interesting list. I think that it's no surprise that uh, Super Mario Odyssey, you know, took a couple of these big categories. Ate everyone's lunch, yes. Um, yeah. Everybody seemed <laughs> to love that show. The hat possessed all the awards. The hat possessed everyone and took all the awards. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> captured. Cap- no, it's pizza possession. Captured. <laughs> We've had this conversation. Nintendo I'm calling well, it. I know, but somebody in Patreon actually left a really good comment and they were like, you guys, it's captured. Like, Cappy. Right, but I don't care. It's possession. <laughs> Alexis- My mom is a ghost hunter and I know what possession is when I see it. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. She should get a hat and she should go captured. <laughs> so I know what my surprise is on this list. Um, Alexa, is there any of these winners that you're like, whoa, what? Well, I made a face when you read that Destiny 2 got best PC game. Yeah. Because so- Destiny 2 looks like Destiny 1 and I don't. But Get now it's on it. the PC and it looks real good. It looks beautiful. It looks very on shiny. The PC. Okay. Obviously, games aren't judged on their graphics alone. Um, what I think is interesting is that the community called for Destiny to be brought to PC through the entire last three years that this game has been out. And Bungie listened and they said, okay, we're going to make sure Destiny 2 is on PC. And based off my hands-on time with destiny on the at the pc like it's super fast it's very responsive the graphics look fantastic um i didn't get to spend you know very much time i think i did like the five to seven minute story mission and then there was like a 15 minute pvp mission where i just got crushed because i can't do (laughs) wasdy in pvp very well um but overall the game looked really excellent i'm gonna pull up what the nominees were um, for what, what it was competing against. But Britt, is there anything on this list that stood out to you? Honestly, no. I kind of made a face at Destiny 2 as well. because We had a moment. We had a moment. <laughs> no, and from what I've read, Destiny 2 looks fantastic on PC. Um, I did also make another face at the very last game you mentioned because I don't know if I had heard of it. The Earthful Escape's the one where you have the guitar? Yeah, from the Xbox showcase where it's like the oh. guy, it's like sort of like paper cut, it's like a sideways thing, and he plays the guitar and is like jumping through the air. It's like a platformer. Uh, it's very, oh. it's very, very beautiful. Music rhythm sort of thing? It's, yeah, it's like, it's like a music rhythm game. We're looking at some screenshots right now. It's very pretty. So the thing with the Xbox One conference is there's so much happening that like half the games afterwards when we were having our conversation, I had to refresh my memory. And it's like, okay, what was that one again? And what was that one? Um, it was good to see. You said Hidden Agenda. Yeah, it was good to see Hidden Agenda Hidden on there because I think that looks really interesting. But is that a family game? It looks I don't so remember. This, this category is best What's family is? slash social game. So the other games that were nominated, Drop Mix from Harmonix, uh, Just Dance 2018, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2, Hidden Agenda, and that's you. Well, no wonder it won. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know. Going up against Lego Marvel superheroes too. I mean, Lego does a fantastic. TT makes excellent Lego games. They're great co-op. Yeah. I don't think of them as PC games. No, no, no. This is our best family. Oh, 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 sorry, my bad. I was thinking of the Destiny thing, and I got confused. Yeah, so Hidden Agenda, I think, really showcased a unique party mode where. This is the game that Supermassive is making. It's uh, detective-based, and one person plays with a controller, and then up to four people can join in playing on their mobile device, very similar to what Jackbox Party Pack does, Mm -hmm. where you can all, like, there's, like, a code and a lobby you join in, and you kind of solve this, like, mystery together. And then at some point during the game, one player 
gets like a secret message, a hidden agenda. Oh, excuse me. And you have me. to try to you have to try to keep it secret from the rest of the players. I was mixing up hidden agenda with that creepy outpatient thing. You mean oh, like the asylum the until dawn? The yeah, the until dawn, the outpatient thing, and I was like, inpatient, what the heck? Like, let's see, I don't remember. You're, yeah, you're, in, you're a the patient in, in an asylum, inpatient. not the the inpatient, the out the, the inpatient. Yeah, the in the inpatient. I'm Whatever. Sure, it's the inpatient. So the cool yeah. thing with hidden agenda is it uses. Yeah. and yeah. I didn't know about this until after E3, but Sony announced PlayLink, which is what? the yeah, it's the app that you'll use to play hidden agenda. Now it's been a week since I've learned about this so if my facts are a little incorrect bear with me so like andrea was saying is that you know you have someone using a controller and then you have to make like very like heavy decisions like you're you're a police officer and it's like okay do i save my partner or do i save the victim of this mass murderer and the the people watching and observing use this PlayLink app to vote for what they want to do and then the decision that has oh. the most votes that's the decision that goes through mm. that's why it's interesting huh Cool. Yeah, I'm excited so to try it out. I think it'll yeah. be a fun game for us to stream exactly. when it does it does finally come out. So like going a, back to PC. Yes. Yes. Um, the other category or the other games that were in this category were. Oh, I just I just had it. <laughs> we can hear it. also like cat meowing. Genuine. Um, so gen- Middle Earth: Shadow of War. Are you oh, kidding me? Really? Mountain Blade Two: Banner Lords. Huh. Total War: Warhammer Two. Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Three of those games have the Roman numeral 2 in them, by I'm the way. I'm grumpy about <laughs> yes, this decision. they do. Why come on, game critics. I mean, I may be biased because I'm a giant Tolkien nerd, but I just feel like from what I've seen of Destiny 2, it just looks like Destiny War of 1. Destiny 1. And like all those other games sort of it like iterate a little bit on like what they're doing. Well, you don't know what the vote was. Maybe the vote was really close. Maybe it was like 49-51%. I'm still Maybe it was really split. You also was know. the Xbox Maybe. One X playable for more than 5 minutes? Did it meet that criteria? Yes, I saw them giving them away to celebrities in the what Xbox. What are you? Fine celebrity. That, that, like movie stars that were coming to E3. They don't have time to play that shit. Yes, they I give it to be us. a movie star. Uh, they definitely do. <laughs> and if they weren't giving away the actual box, they were giving away like they were like promising hookups. I just overheard some conversations while we were playing Sea of Thieves. I know people uh, from Microsoft some recognizable this. handsome movie stars who were like, yo, 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 hook me up. And I was like, ah. Can you hook me up too? Wait, I'm not a movie star. We're your actual <laughs> friends. How dare you? <laughs> no, it happens. Grumpy. Everybody does it. All, yeah. the, pub, all was, the pubs and you the might not know this off the, do it. Sorry, you might not know this off the top of your head. Was Sea of Thieves a, nom- a nominee for anything? Um, I can thieves. look. Let's oh, see yeah. here. Sea of Thieves. Because be we had so many. Yes, it was it. nominated for Best Original Game. Okay. Cool. And... Online multiplayer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not surprised it didn't win only because yes, it, it ha- it's been around for a couple years now or maybe at least a year. Like it was, a year, year. It was there last year too. It was there last year, yeah. So yeah, it's, been, it's probably like old hat at this point for, for the judges. Well, and it's, for the judges. It's and the early. tough part about a game like that is that it kind of straddles the genre divide mm. of what kind of game it is. And mm-hmm. games that are difficult to define sometimes get lost in the shuffle, in the voting process. Totally. Unlike games where like where it's a very clear like action adventure or this is a first-person shooter. You know, games that are like, this is like a shared world adventure, kind of an action adventure, but it's also like, mm, how, I mean, sort of like competitive, but not. Sh- but, yeah, yeah, I don't know how to describe that game. It's weird. I Breaking guess, like, the mold. Yeah, it's it was cool. Yeah. But I guess, you know, it, it didn't 
win anything. <laughs> so <cat>. uh, <laughs> if You're... you guys want to look at the full rundown of who the nominees are again and who the winners are. Be grumpy like me. That's GameCriticsAwards.com. I have to say your cat sounds like a peacock. Have you ever heard a peacock before? Oh my god, yeah, peacocks are terrifying. It's, you're, yeah, that's, I'm getting flashbacks. They so, <laughs> no, they go, or whatever. They make really weird yeah, sounds yeah. that you so wouldn't expect to come from a bird. There's a my house that's and true. I hear it every night and I'm getting like flashbacks. Oh that's god. all. You have a peacock nest near your house? Nearby. Jesus. Yep. Gotta take care of that. Well, be get careful. your sword out and Don't go Don't let the peacocks get you. They're pretty. Okay. Okay, next story. Um... Before we get to this, let's do the... We're going to do the Assassin's Creed story first, and then we'll come back to the Bioware story. Ooh. So, um, Assassin's Creed Rebellion was announced. A new mobile game coming from Ubisoft, and it is going to be a free-to-play strategy role-playing game coming soon, quotation marks, to iOS and Android devices. Uh, Assassin's Creed is a series of stealth-based action games. If you didn't know what Assassin's Creed was, <laughs> the story, of course, yeah. coming from Venture V. The franchise has sold over 100 million games. I did not know that. That's incredible. So in this game, players will design their own hideouts in a grid-like manner that resemble the vaults that you guys saw in Fallout Shelter. Remember that popular game that Bethesda made a lot of money on? Yep. Rebellion takes place during the Spanish Inquisition, which was also the setting for the last year of the Assassin's... Oh, excuse me. The setting for last year's Assassin's Creed movie. Did you guys... The I did not see that movie. I watched I, it and I was so incredibly bored. And I hate saying that. No, it was so, as, as an, a fellow Assassin's Creed fan, it was tragically bad. Okay, good. Okay, and good. I love Michael Fassbender. That actually Fast makes Assassin's me want to watch it more. The fact that it's bad. Yeah, it was, I don't know why. Let's do a watch along. Let's, we could do a watch along. Let's yeah. drink and watch it. Drinking game. Um, drink every time you're sad. Uh, so, um, the cast of characters in Rebellion. Span the entire franchise's complicated timeline, including the Italian Renaissance's Ezio, and Ubisoft promises that the game will have a roster of over 40 assassins. So I guess we can probably expect all of the protagonists from every single game to appear, and then some. So, like, two girls. Yeah. Abilene? Well, there's more than two girls that play big roles throughout the entire franchise. But there were only the two ladies. There was, yeah, there was Abilene um, from... From Libertine, and then the um, yeah Evie from Syndicate. Okay, um, Origins. The new. I almost said Origins. I know. I was like, what? That's okay. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. Sometimes it's hard to keep it. I know they look so cute too. They're adorable. Um, they look like little chibi versions. Or you said Funko Pops. Funko Pops. Not scared of them. They look like um, anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Um. Okay. So the um, I'm gonna play this game. I'm excited. Put it out already. Um, but it looks so. We were watching the trailer <laughs> earlier, and it looks like it looks exactly like Fallout Shelter, down to like the way the little like. Well, thing I mean, is it's a half up. a dollhouse, right? Like, I mean, there's only one way to really set up that kind of building on a phone. Well, right. and Fallout Shelter didn't create that. Yeah, that's that's, that's right. formula. Right. Yeah. But but in this one, you stab are they people. Very blatantly ripping it off. Yes. No, they're yes, adding more stabbing. Ri- yes, it's a blatant yes, rip off with more stabbing. Even more stabbing. They're reskinning it in a different way, which is fine. I mean, I'm perfectly happy for them to do this. I don't think it's a big deal. The when you talk about mobile gaming, there are tons of iterations of the same type of formula. They all rip Um, each other off. But to ask the typical Steimer question, (laughs) can you bang in it? 
What, an Assassin's uh, Creed? Assassin's Creed isn't really known for the it's banging. Really, well, if it was I mean, a true Fallout shelter clone, then you'd be able to bang. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, make baby assassins. Okay. Right. <gasps> so Breed your assassins. Breed oh, a colony of assassins in Assassin's Creed Rebellion. I would play that game for sure. And try to find out if we can, if we can bang. So make I it happen, Ubisoft. I will tweet to Ubisoft and be I, like, I've been stumped. What's the cooperative Assassin's Creed game? What's, what one was that? Um, that was Assassin's Unity? Creed Unity. Unity. Okay, that was the last one I played. Sorry, that's been on my mind. Oh, I'm I, sorry. That was uh, that was a bad one. I, but it was you so should funny because all the eyeballs were bulging out. It was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I got the glitch where like everyone's skin disappeared, so oh, they were God. just floating eyes and teeth, and it was really great. That's no, I terrifying. played like okay. So with that, I play a whole game like that. <laughs> I'm just excited. Like that. I'm excited for Origins. Very mm-hmm. excited. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have a new, fresh perspective on the Assassin's Creed franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. Please okay. include the skin disappearing. Last news story of the week. This one comes from Game Informer, which isn't the original source. I'll get to the actual source down below. But the tone of Anthem's story will be very much like Star Wars, says Bioware. So Anthem is the newly announced Bioware game. And according to this story... um. Lead writer Drew Carpishine? Carpishin? Drew's back for this? He is going to be working on this game. <gasps> he is the lead writer he, from Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So that's the context, is that um, that is an important piece of context. And so that's huge. That's exciting for Mass Effect fans. And in a recent interview with Canada's CBC News Bioware Edmonton General Manager Aaron Flynn mentioned Flynn, we love you. Mentioned the game would be a science fantasy game, leaning away from the harder sci-fi of Mass Effect and more into the fantastical tone of other sci-fi stories. According to Flynn, the anthem is the story of Anthem is very much like Star Wars, very much like the Marvel universe, where you see a lot of amazing things happening. Mass Effect is more of our real hardcore science fiction IP, Flynn said. This one is much more about just having fun in a game world that is lush and exotic and really sucks you in. Flynn also said, much of the game's inspiration comes from the people who made it. We've had folks who've moved into Canada who are immigrants, and so often those stories find their way in. And we have LGBTQ members, and those stories are making their way into the game. So can you bang in it? Obviously. Obviously. It's a Bioware game. But Drew, banging. I believe Drew's also written Star Wars novels. I could be incorrect on that, but he's he's definitely written his own sci-fi. So he's very much a sci-fi writer, and like and like she mentioned, he was Mass Effect one lead writer, and I think also two. And two was like my favorite. Um, So I'm like, when you're Drew, I'm like Drew's back. Oh boy. Yeah, so why are you so excited? Because he wrote really good games, and I want Mass Effect two is one of the best games of all time. Correct. Fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's really the only reason. So he's really he's good. written Star Wars. He's written for our Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, Darth Bane, Path of Destruction, Darth Bane Rule of Two, Darth Bane Dynasty of Evil, The Old Republic, Revan, Star Wars, The Old Republic, The Old Republic Annihilation. Damn. Yeah. He's also done Neverwinter Nights, Mass Effect, Revelation, and Mass Effect. Drew, I trust yes. you with this task. We all Don't trust, screw trust it up. in Drew. <laughs> So let's talk about the fact that it's not going to be super sci-fi e. It's going to be more like space opera e. How do we feel about that? I think love it. it. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's great, especially if you want to. I said especially, especially if you want to focus on exploration, right? I yeah. think that's exploration. Exploration. <laughs> Damn. No, I'm not Jet really powered. Love in the sky. <laughs> 
I'm not really Ooh, a huge sci-fi fan. It kind of turns me off a little bit because it's too like f- it's futury, but it's kind of like current at the same time. So like the only reason I love Mass Effect so much is because it's a Bioware game. But games like Watch Dogs, um, Watch Dogs, and like Infamous, it's kind of hard for me to get into them because it's so like current and like sci-fi, not sci-fi, but like current games and sci-fi. I can't get into. You so, mean like games that incorporate a lot of technology into yeah, the story? Yeah, yeah, thank you. So okay. that's why I like Space Opera, like it sounds like lush, like you said, like a vast world to explore, a lot going on. That's, I can get behind that. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the CG trailer that we saw that showcased that scene, which looked like it was taking place inside of a market in a busy city. Mm-hmm. The graphics looked fantastic, but the setting, if you kind of look into the background and where they are, that does feel very Star Wars in, yeah. in a, a lot of right. ways. And I think it's good for them to maybe take a broader approach so they can reach potentially more gamers and hopefully more people will be able to fall in love with Bioware games like we all have. Well, they also need to differentiate between this and Mass Effect. Absolutely. Right. So that's a good way to do it. And I feel like Anthem is, that's like, I feel like the camp and the fantasy that comes with the tone of something like Star Wars would work better in a multiplayer setting. I feel mm-hmm. like that people would take to that a little bit better. So I'm down with that. Color us excited. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our first segment, which BT dubs, everybody. We are moving to a new three segment format. We didn't talk about that at the top of the show. Oh, hey. But um, we've kind of been <laughs> listening to your feedback. We've seen how the content has been going so far. And we thought it would make sense for us to do three segments to span the whole show instead of breaking it into four, which would allow us to take more time with news if there's more news and allow us to take more more time with hands-on impressions if we've all gotten a chance to play a lot of stuff. So that said, we're going to wrap up the news. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about what we've been playing. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Everybody, you're listening to the Lord Good News Podcast. Hopefully you didn't accidentally jump to the second segment. If you didn't know, this Silly is the Fun Good Games Podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was good. So, ladies, um, this week, Alexa and Britt, you both got a chance to play Final Fantasy XV's new DOC episode Prompto yes. on the stream. If you yes. guys missed their playthrough, you can catch that archive. On our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash what's good games. It was a time. So tell us about your experience for the people who did not get a chance to watch your playthrough. So episode Prompto is a stealth shooter, (laughs) (laughs) which is not what a Final Fantasy game is. Um, No, they literally took the whole combat formula. So in every episode, you play as a different uh, different (laughs) character in the game. And the episode Gladiolus came out in March. Brittany and I talked about it. We were not thrilled with it. It felt very half-assed. Um, episode Prompto revamps the gameplay formula again for Prompto and Prompto if you played Final Fantasy 15 is a gunslinger so he uses guns and they completely remapped the uh, the controls to the controller like instead of using the face buttons you use R1 and you can pick up guns off of enemies and random lockers that spawn infinite guns and just pick them up and you have to like aim and shoot and do stuff like that so it's a it's absolutely a shooter you have to find cover 
there's hordes that you have to hordes of enemies you have to go up against it's basically structured like a shooter metal gear prompto metal gear prompto uh, so combat aside there were several moments where you got a little choked up a little emotional so let's talk about what's happening story-wise. What's going on also, here? Also, I guess spoiler So alert. should we yeah. tell people that there are spoilers? Do you want to not talk about spoilers? How do you want to do this? Honestly, like, this is a, it is, this is a spoiler. Like, all of the episodes are set in, in a part of the game that's, like, really far in. So, like, if you're... If you haven't finished Final Fantasy XV and haven't played episode Prompto, maybe skip ahead. Because it's kind of hard to talk about what episode <laughs> Prompto is without mentioning the big thing. Okay. Also, the trailers completely spoil everything. So if you watched a Prompto trailer, didn't play Final Fantasy 15, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, the trailer is super, super spoilery. So, okay, so you've had your warning. If you want to have a virgin Final Fantasy experience with Prompto, episode Prompto, you uh, go ahead and just skip ahead like 10 minutes or so. Yeah. All right, Britt. Um, okay, so We're having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Prompto. Okay, anyway. Um, yeah, so near the end of the game, a thing happened. Well, we're, we're doing spoilers. So, yep. um, they've been warned. I love you all. Sorry. This game's already been ruined for me. It's fine. <laughs> Arden messes with Noctis and Prompto, and in turn, essentially has Noctis knock Prompto off of a moving train. And then Prompto kind of goes MIA for a while. A long, like a long chunk of the game, he's gone. Right. So this DLC follows Prompto and what he is doing during that time, and it uncovers a lot of his past. Um, you know, in the Final Fantasy 15, in the Final Fantasy 15s, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we don't really know about Prompto's Magitek creation until he comes back. We do not. There, okay. there are hints as like Arden ma- basically drops hints that um, so there are the enemy army is made up of Magitek soldiers, which are people that have been infused with Magitek, which is magic tech. Basically, uh, one might assume. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, we learn that we learn very, very briefly uh, at the end of the game that Prompto is one. It was as a child was one of the people that they infused with this Magitek, and if you watched the. Final Fantasy 15 anime, you see a chubby, lonely kid Prompto very much alone. And it just raises a lot of questions about like, where are his parents? Yeah. Like, where did he come from? Like, what's going on? So this DLC focuses on Prompto finding out his origin. Right. And so when I played Final Fantasy 15 for the first time, I was like, okay, that's a huge plot moment. It hurt. It was it, like, it was like, where, why aren't you talking more about this? This is a huge deal. So thankfully, you know, Six months later, we get the DLC seven. that se- oh, was it seven seven months later. Uh, okay, seven months later, we get the <laughs> DLC that uncovers it, and it's it was really emotional. There were a lot of emotional parts. What are you doing, Andrew? Oh, oh, there's a lot of prompto so under promptos. If you guys are watching this, you can clearly see there's lots of prompto our, on our, the video. Our unnamed producer was very prompt with the promptos. Uh, <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, so anyway, in this DLC, you learn about prompto, his true origins, who how he was created, what his purpose is, and you watch him kind of cope with that. And it was very emotional. Uh, unfortunately for me, I feel like that was kind of overshadowed by the gameplay. Yeah, so the DLC did a very good job of putting a lot of very big emotional moments into this small package. We beat it in about two hours, and that was running through some of the horde areas and just not fighting anybody because you can totally do that, and it doesn't matter. Um, but... Like they showed, you know, little baby Prompto talking about who am I? What if people don't want? What if people don't want me anymore? He's. It brought up a lot of questions of like, uh, like if you become someone for other people, then like who are you to yourself? And like 
the people that love you love you for you no matter what. And he kind of had to learn that about his friends and about himself. But um, the gameplay got yeah. got repetitive in some of the some of the closed spaces. Um, Aranea joins your party, and the second she joined, I actually and if you watch the stream, you saw this. I did nothing and sat back while she just killed everyone for me. So you don't have to do anything because she can one hit kill things. Um, there were two final bosses and the first one was actually like pretty good for a sub boss. Are you talking about the robotic monkey? The monkey, the, yeti. Okay. the, the robotic yeti monkey. The yeti monkey. Yes. But the last boss is literally just like a, like a point and shoot. There's really no way to go wrong. And it felt like a really anticlimactic finish to something that was just so emotionally powerful. Like I feel yeah. like it was like a, at the end of You've like seen a it crescendo in many video games, you're on the back of a moving vehicle or moving something and you have a turret and you just have to point and shoot. Yep. And this thing you're killing is supposed to be his dad. And there, it's just yeah. so like... <laughs> dad. Ah. I mean, there's great moments for Prompto as a character. You really see yes. him grow. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Final Fantasy kind of tried to do the shooter thing. And in my opinion, just watching you play Alexa, it didn't do a very good job at it. I mean, I understand Prompto is a gunslinger. He doesn't have special abilities like all the other guys in the Final Fantasy 15 crew. But right. it was frustrating for me when it was like, find a way to escape. That was your objective. And right. then you would kill everyone in the room. And then another wave would just randomly come in. And that's such an old mechanic. And I oh, that, right. There were a lot of dudes. When I was watching you yeah. guys play, I was like, holy crap. There was yeah. like... Right. You fought like 30 people in a room at one point. There was. So the thing that kept tripping me up is like, I it's don't. Final Fantasy Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Kind of is. Um, I don't normally play shooters, but I'm not like, and I'm not like a dum-dum. Like I can point and shoot. However, they completely, <laughs> they completely remapped the controller and my fingers. Cause I have played a lot of Final Fantasy 15. I kept automatically going back to the normal control scheme. And you yeah. saw me, I wanted to like, like I just had my gun out and I kept going in and out of focus because I thought it was lock on hit and I it it tripped me up as someone who's played a lot of that game. So general consensus would recommend if you're into the story. It's better than episode Gladiolus. It really is. Very emotional. Um just prepare for some eh, gameplay. The ending is yeah. But for the information you get from the DLC, totally worth it. It's good. There's another another person with a name we can't pronounce. Oh God! <laughs> uh, some new, some some new characters, some new stuff. But I think they did it like a like a, a really good job with that yeah. with that piece of information. And now when I go back and replay Final Fantasy 15 on New Game Plus because I'm going to because I'm crazy, um, I have that piece of information like in my head while I'm playing that. So yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a it's a good it's a good piece of DLC. Now we just have to wait six months for Episode Ignis. Six months, December. <clears throat> Thanks hey. a lot. Don't sweat it. But, You'll have plenty of other things to play in the meantime. But I'm going to sweat it because I want that it. Iggy deal. That's a See? very critical piece of info. <laughs> I'm sure it just means it's going to be way better. Yes, Timer. We can only yes. hope. Yeah. So, Timer. Um, and we'll get back to you, ladies, in a second. I know you've played other stuff, but I wanted to talk about that so people can go watch the stream archive if you missed it. But um, you've been playing some stuff. I have. <gasps> I've been playing things. You got stuff. a Switch. Yay. I got a Switch, and I've been playing my very first Zelda. <gasps> All right. Thoughts, feelings, everything. Go. Everything. Thoughts, Give it feelings. To me. I mean, I don't have super strong feelings about it yet. I have feelings okay, of. Wait, wait. How far are you? Oh, like baby, baby into it. Uh, I mean, like, what do you feel? Many, like, like, do you have hours? hours? One like, hour? Four hours? Oh, right. Do you have any, like, like what's like, she's any cutting tingles or any, like, Maybe she doesn't yeah. know how to cut grass yet. <laughs> any <know>. feelings? <laughs> I texted you and you didn't text me back. And I was like, Brett, do how do grass? I cook in this game? 
How oh, do yeah, I sorry. <laughs> because I kept walking up to just regular fires and being like, why can I not do anything You can with do this? that, though. You can drop a piece of food on the edge of the fire and I it'll I was cook. afraid it would burn up. It, it, does, it does burn. If you don't pick it up quick enough. Anyway, uh, sorry, keep going. No, that's good to know because yeah. the game doesn't tell you most of this nope. stuff. No, nope. well, that's the Which beauty is of Zelda. That's right? what that, I've heard, but I'm, I get nervous about doing the I'm, wrong thing. I'm like you. I look at walkthroughs. I watch video guides. I, any, any article that's like 10 things you should know before you play this game. I'm like, yes, give me all What do I need articles. to know so I don't mess it up? Because yeah. I will. Uh, so I actually am going to talk to you later. Or I'll talk to you right now. Um, can I sell gems or should I keep them? Like the the, um, the hunks of ore that you get off of things. Like an opal, for instance. If you desperately need the rupees... Go ahead and sell them, but you should hold on to them until you're at least like 40 hours. What do I sell okay, for money? <laughs> so this is the beauty of Zelda is food. everyone I've talked to plays Everything. it differently. Some you can people, sell food. You can. Yeah. Some people go straight for the main objectives. Some people like me, I've only done one of the Divine Beasts and I'm about probably 80 to 100. Fucking tingle. It's I'm about a big... 80 to 100 hours in. And so um, for me in the past couple in a couple past like move 20 hours i finally learned like what the gems are for you know so it just depends on how you want to play it got it right now i'm sort of just wandering around um go i ahead. do that that's the best i way just to do it. got i was just told to go find the four divine beasts and i was like all right that's good now okay. i can like wander around and enjoy a little bit um i it's definitely like i feel i'm like this is my kind of game but that's kind of how i feel like i don't i'm not overjoyed at this point but i'm like this is hitting the spot and this feels good um I'm getting oh, it's a gift. Getting used to <laughs> the gift. fact that things break down because that's not something that I'm used to in a lot of games. I don't. It took me a while that. to get used to that too mm-hmm. in a Zelda game. Yeah, so you're not alone. My recommendation to you would be explore. You can uncover, I would say, like 95 percent of the map, like right out the gate. What you should focus on: finding Korok seeds, upgrading your Shiznit. I haven't seen Shiznit in like 20 years. How do I wow. find the Korok? One, I accidentally found it because there was this flower and I went over to look at it right. and then it was like, it keeps moving. Well, that's moving. one way. Okay, general rule of thumb, anything that looks a little suspicious, explore it. Pick up every rock. Listen for like every a rock. little jingle sound and um, uncover the map and do all of the shrines that you can find and yep. build up your heart meter, build up your stamina. And I then couldn't s- get to one on top of a mountain and I died over that's and over again it, trying save- to get there. <laughs> It'll still be there. Yeah, mark it on your map. Save it for later. I just I just realized, thankfully, I'm still pretty early in the game, but I was like, man, there was a chest in that thing I didn't know how to get. And then I realized on the map you can put a little stamp there. And so now I put a little stamp outside of the shrines where I'm like, add a chest in there that I don't remember. Because I, I sat and thought about it and I was like, this is going to be really hard to remember which ones are in here? So I was like, okay, this is good. I, you know, I can make my little stamps and I, I can f- walk around and I can look at stuff and climb things and try not to die because the I've run into a few of the the robot monsters in this game look surprisingly oh, like oh, Horizon. the guardians. They look exactly like the people, the robots in Horizon. It's weird. Stay away from them. Don't go near them. You'll know when you're ready. Okay. That's what <laughs> you'll know when you're ready. <laughs> no, that's fair because I was like, am I supposed to be fighting this or running away? I eventually just went with run away because I, I anything I was hitting it with did nothing. So. so you think this is a game you'll go back to? Or are you excited to play more of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, and I love that it's. I'm playing it on my giant Vita. 
I actually really, I, I really like. The I hate Switch. that you call it that. <laughs> I giant love that I call it that. It's my giant Vita, and it's everything I wanted the Vita to be. <laughs> so, oh my I'm, gosh, Vita I mean, owners out there, don't revolt. Simon no, also likes also her actual Vita. Vita, although it's broken. <laughs> I need to get a new one. I would be. I really want to. When you finish Breath of the Wild, three hundred hours from now, yeah, next year, <laughs> I would love to see you play an older traditional Zelda and see how you feel about it because you you are like the perfect experiment for this stuff <laughs> give me virtual console on my switch and i will there play you it go. <laughs> i think this is interesting i also have a very limited zelda experience i have like i mentioned on the show before the only zelda i ever finished was a link between worlds on 3ds i've dabbled in a couple of the other zeldas but really never spent very much time in them I have yet to sink my teeth into Breath of the Wild, but I'm about to go on a very long trip mm-hmm. where I have multiple long flights. And when I say long, I mean like nine plus hours. So there'll be and I bought a special uh, USB cable so I can make sure to keep it charged on the plane. And um, I'm looking forward to trying this out. So if you guys are listening or watching and you've played through a lot of Breath of the Wild and you loved it and you have some pro tips or hints or tricks for us please send them to us you can email us at contact at what's good you can leave us a facebook comment you can leave a youtube comment on this video you can tweet to us uh let us know like what we should be on the lookout for as people who are just dipping our toes into the zelda pool oh i'm also currently trying to train a horse is does it tell me when <gasps> it's done i mean if you if you grab the horse and then bring it to the stable and bank it like that's your horse how do i bank it but you go up to the guy and you go yes please take this horse i think she's talking about how do you tame how do oh, I tame horse? It? you sneak up behind them and you jump no, on no, no. them I, so i did that and i'm <laughs> so like everything in life <laughs> sneak up behind it you sneak up behind it and you mount it um so <laughs> no when you like the horse so like, i'm playing right now i'm currently i have a wild horse and it's uh-huh. coming around with me and I'm petting, on I'm petting it at the right time, so good. I'm getting like the red glee like thing. That's good. It's an indication that it's I think liking me, but yes. I don't know if it will tell me when it's like my best bro. It's horse. never done. Oh, like you're okay. you uh, you never stop dating the horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you you have to keep at it. But if you bring him, if he's not yours yet, just bring him to one of the stables and he'll hang out there. Okay. Um, and when then you when want I whistle, him, will he finally come? And when come? you whistle, he'll mm-hmm. come. Okay, because I keep whistling to no one. It's like the horse get you a horse. horse. It's like, bitch. I got like time for that. You, you got to get me a saddle. For the- get all gotta the horses. Got to put a saddle on it. If you I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited you're playing it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I know you have some other games that you have played, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, I have, of course, been playing more paragon but we're not going to talk about that today i want to talk a little bit about friday the 13th Ooh. so we streamed this last week which was a hysterical stream if you missed it you can catch the archive it was great it was fantastic um and so i decided to play more of it and have played several more matches and increased my level and tried out different counselors and really kind of seen you know how the mechanics develop once you start to learn what you're doing, you're not just running around screaming the entire time. <laughs> you weren't screaming. I saw that gif of you looking like a crazed murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, so this game is is interesting because there is quite a bit of strategy involved once you start to learn the maps, once you start to learn the difference between the different Jasons. So there are several different Jasons that you can play against, and each of the Jasons has weaknesses and strengths. Some of them can swim faster, some of them can run, some of them can't run. 
Some of them can use different abilities. And once you know kind of the Jason you're going against, it can help kind of tailor how you play. I have found that um, I actually prefer counselors that have more stamina than stealth. And that was something I didn't think I'd want. Originally, I was like, okay, I need to find the sneakiest, most quiet person ever so I can just like stealth around. Mm -hmm. But I felt like after several matches, no matter what I did, Jason would always find me anyway. (laughs) Right. I did escape a couple of times uh, by calling the police and by getting into a car with someone who successfully drove us away. (laughs) Um, And there was one time where I outlasted Jason by hiding under a bed. Um, Wow. I know it kind of felt like a cop out, but like, honestly, the whole point is just to survive. It's not to like run around and like, it's not to kill him. Have you ever found the sweater? I've never found the sweater. Hmm. What is the sweater? So in the lore of Friday the 13th, Jason's mom is the whole reason why he's murdering people. And so there's like a little hut you can find where his shrine to his dead mother Mm -hmm. is and her sweater is there. If you're playing a female counselor, you can take the sweater and put it on. And what it does is it stuns Jason temporarily. Um giving the opportunity to fellow counselors to come in and potentially take him on. I so thought it was, it was only the... Uh, Tommy. The hunter? Tommy's the only one who can kill Tommy. him. So it's like a female counselor in the sweater with Tommy. Right, and but if you have the other counselors <laughs> that have additional stun items, whether it be a pocket uh, knife or firecrackers or the flare gun, uh, there are several items that can stun him. So if you have multiple people that can stun him repeatedly, because the stuns don't last that long... So if right. for some reason Tommy misses a shot or misses a swing, because you can shoot him and one shot doesn't kill Jason. Like, you have to hit him repeatedly. Right. So you want to make sure that you're working cooperatively. It probably takes three to four counselors to actually take him down. I've yet to be part of a match where we successfully defeated Jason. Um, he's pretty invincible, uh, as he's designed to be. But I've really started to enjoy the strategy of it all. And playing Jason is just so satisfying. <laughs> Question. So yes. what what do you get by leveling up? So you get CP and then the CP is used to roll perks. So when you're playing as a counselor, mm-hmm. there are a variety of perks that you can unlock. And then each of the perks has a level like the, you know, common, uncommon, rare, legendary, whatever. And so these perks will give you specific things. Like there's a a psychic perk, which allows you to hear the other counselors from the beginning of the match. Otherwise, you have to find a walkie-talkie in order to be able to communicate with all of the counselors. Or you can only communicate with the people that are in your immediate vicinity. When you say communicate, you're talking about in-game chat? In-game chat. Yeah. And in-game chat is something that we didn't get the opportunity to take advantage of because the people in our lobby were underage and we weren't comfortable Well, not all of them. Well, not all of them. Um, oh, yeah, there was there that one time. conversations. <laughs> but there was clearly some very young people in our chat, and we just weren't comfortable streaming their voices without their permission. And mm-hmm. also, it was weird that, like, 10-year-olds were playing the game. I was Jason, and I killed everybody. Um, like, so I would love to maybe take the opportunity, if we can, at some point, to stream again, hopefully with, you know, people from our community and get, like, a full lobby and do, uh, like, a private match. That would be great. But... So that's an example of one perk. Another perk is to be able to have a map from the beginning of the game because you mm. also have to find a map. Mm. So if you press the touchpad, for example, on, if you're playing on PS4, if no one has found the map yet, you don't know where you are. 
You, oh, so, so just one person has to find that up and then everybody can see it? Right. Oh, I'm I didn't pretty, realize that part. I'm pretty sure. Actually, I should double check that. Um, and then there's other perks like you can um, be better at stealth. You can run without making noise. You can swim without making noise. You can, if you call the cops, they arrive faster. Mm. You can get a perk that makes you drive the car and the speed of the car is faster. Things like that that help you survive the night. And so you just continually re-roll these perks to try to get better and better perks and figure out which perks work with which counselors. As I mentioned, I decided to pick a counselor who had really high stamina. So it meant that I can run away more because the stamina meter is really what gets you in the end. If Jason finds you, you start to run. Your stamina drains pretty quickly if you have a low stamina counselor. And there's only so much you can do, and then you have to walk. But Jason <laughs> walks faster than you, turns right. out, and he can teleport, which is really yeah. unfair. Does the game feel balanced? Um, You know, I haven't played enough of it to really give an accurate assessment of it, whether it's unbalanced or not. I have played s- uh, several matches where Jason was unsuccessful in killing people, or he just killed one or two people, and... The majority of people escaped, but I've also played matches where Jason just dominated everybody. Mm. I think it really comes down to player skill level at this point. At a higher level of play, I would need to take a look at, <laughs> at um, you know, how the perks stack up. The thing that I'm a little frustrated with is that Jason only unlocks different types of kills. So you can unlock a weapon kill <laughs> and then as... <laughs> Oh my gosh, what is even happening? As um, we discover during our Twitch stream, you can also buy specific like, gruesome ways to die, like the the heart punch, like, I like the, the heart break, punch. the pile driver. And that's that's really it. They do have some skins. So this is the thing that's a little frustrating for me. You can change the outfits of the counselors. You can change certain skins for Jason. But in order to unlock them, you have to get to a really high level. And I don't understand why they've gated it behind, like, the first one unlocks at level one, and then the next one unlocks at, like, level 30. And it's just cosmetic? Just cosmetic. That is Uh. weird. I don't know why they make you wait, why you can't use CP instead of re-rolling for perks constantly, because you can only equip three perks, and you can't equip more than one of the same perks. So right Mm. now I have probably a dozen different perks that I can choose from, but I can only equip three of them at a time. And I don't know why I can't use some of that CP to buy outfits or if nothing else, maybe add in microtransactions to be able to buy outfits. And I, I get because it's a Kickstarter game started out you know, as that they don't want to, you know, say, take advantage of the community and say, hey, we're going to charge you microtransactions for things that we said were going to be included in the game. But maybe down the road they can add in more cosmetic items that we can buy because right now I just feel like it's a waste. Like I'm just rolling the CP and I'm like, what for? I have the perks that I like to use. I guess I could keep rolling to try to get a higher quality one. Like the stealth percentage goes up like two or three points if it goes from like uncommon to rare or whatever. But um, it's interesting. I didn't think that I would like it as much as I do, but it's um, it's fun. It's fun to play when you can actually chat with everybody in in the party because working together as counselors is absolutely crucial and having people warn you like where jason is and what he's doing is um is fun when you were talking about the psychic perk 
Has, does that work? Like, do the other people need the psychic perk as well in order to communicate back? Is it just you can only one yes. way hear everybody? So if other people also have that perk equipped, then we could talk. If people pick up the walkie, then we, we can, can talk. talk. I don't need the walkie in order to communicate with people when I have that perk equipped. So in the matches that I've played so far, at least like two or three people also use this perk. And the people that aren't using it just haven't rolled it yet because it's like RNG for right. the perks. Hmm. Um, but you can sell, yeah, you can sell your perks back. So if you get like a duplicate perk, since you can't double equip, they don't stack that way. You would like, if you have like three of the same perk, there's no point. You just sell it back for CP and reroll. But yeah, I've been enjoying my time. That would be really fun to play with all of us. Yep, we should do it. So we would have to have one rando, well, rando, or a member of our community, right? We would need need more than four. So it's it's one Jason and seven counselors. Oh, I didn't know there were seven counselors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That'd be fun. We could play just us four, but Jason would probably take us out pretty quickly. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think uh, it would be fun to do it with patrons. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so, Britt, you've also been playing a game called Victor Vran. Uh, Tell me about this game. What is this game? So this game released uh, for PC in 2015, and it is made by a Bulgarian development company. And I won't even try to pronounce it because I'll butcher it. Um, and then it just recently released on PS4, Xbox One, and PC again as Victor Vran Overkill Edition. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Overkill Edition. Salty Alexa. Um, Today. So I was describing it to Steimer as Diablo with guns. And then she said, well, Diablo has guns. And I was like, you're right. That's a good, <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> so whereas like Diablo 3, so I played Diablo 3 on console. So Victor Vran is basic, I don't want to say basically, very, very, very similar to Diablo 3 on console. Um, you have uh, revolvers, you have guitars, you have what? swords, you have like guitars? legit. So explain. Okay, so <laughs> I only had a guitar once because because I think it's a rare drop. But you like strum the guitar and then like energy beams like pulsate out of it and and then attacks your enemies. Or you can like run and like skid on your knees and like take out everything in your path. So again, it plays very similar to Diablo. What I, I just love that you were like it's very similar to Diablo. You have guns. You have guitars. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait, roll back. What? <laughs> I'm gonna Except- go shut this door really quick because there's some noise happening. Yeah, girls. Outside. Okay, so so whereas like Diablo three is more like medieval, right? You have like a medieval setting. This is more. I'm not really familiar with it, but I'll call it more steampunky. Okay, sure, yeah, I guess that seems right. Um. Based on the box art, yeah, I saw. Two yeah, ago. I want to say it supports four player co op. I think two local, perhaps four player online. Uh, and there, it's very similar to Diablo 3. Like, I'm probably like 10 to 15 hours into it. Um, what throws me off the most is that Victor Vran is voiced by, what's his name? Doug Cockle. Doug Cockle. Cockle, who is Geralt of Rivia in Witcher 3. Oh, so that's messing with you. Oh, it's messing with me so bad. So whenever he's talking, he's like, blah, 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 blah. And the lines he says. That was my best girl impression. (laughs) 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 The lines he says sounds like something Geralt would say. Like the the writing is very similar for the characters. So it really screws with me. Yeah, that's our boy, Victor Vran, right there for those watching. Geralt with guns. Geralt with guns. Uh, So if for me, like, you know, Necromancer DLC just came out for Diablo 3. But I've started Diablo 3 so many times that I wanted that Diablo experience. But not necessarily Diablo. And Victor Vran is definitely scratching that itch. How did you find this game? I played it actually two years ago when it was in uh, beta. Oh. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then I got a press release about a month ago about the Overkill Edition. 
And then I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. And it's great. It's really fun. There's a lot of depth to it. The crafting system is really great. Um, there's not specific classes, which at first kind of turned me off because Jason, my fiance, typically likes to play as the mage. He, he likes magic like you, Steimer. Yeah. He seems like a mage kind of guy. I'm also a mage fan. Okay. So I like the weapon, like the melee weapons and the swords and the armor. And Barbarians. All that. Yeah. So I was worried that our play styles would be too similar for it to be. Because for me, it's fun to like see what new skills he comes up with, you know, because I'll never get those and vice versa. Um but how it works is that you have destiny cards, which you can equip more as you level up. So when you start out, you have one destiny card, and they're essentially buffs. And you can switch between, so far I've probably uncovered 20 different buffs. You also have demon powers, which you can equip two at a time, and wide range. Even the outfit you wear will change how your overdrive meter charges up. So even though we're technically the same person, he's just player two and I'm player one, we play completely different. So, great co-op game. We should totally all play it together if we can. What what system are you playing it on? I am playing on PlayStation 4. Uh, it turns out I have a copy of that game for PlayStation 4. Oh we my should goodness. We should do it. Cool. Yeah, great. Do I've been looking two for more copies. <laughs> Go away, Simmer. I'm sure oh. we can acquire some copies of this game. <laughs> um, Miss Alexa Ray. Oh, God. I played a game. <laughs> I played a game and it made me the saddest human. Um, oh, no. So, I am a big fan of the Valkyria games of old. They are strategy games. They are RPGs. They are pretty great. Valkyria Chronicles 1 is like one of my favorite like older mm-hmm. games. And uh, Valkyria, Valkyria Revolution, the new one, just came out. Um, just came out yesterday, actually. This is going up on Friday. It came out on Tuesday, June 27th. And uh, I didn't read anything about it going into it. I went in blind because I was excited for Valkyrie to come back and I played it at TGS two years ago and was really excited about it. And then I played it and it's just like <laughs> so upsetting. Um, okay. So it's what's, really upsetting. What's, what's, ups- okay. what's the most upsetting? The most upsetting it? thing is that the root, the series, like the roots of the Valkyria series are there in their, in the gameplay and they're poking through However, they put all this new stuff on it that just makes it feel really counterintuitive and really bad. The story is so shallow and watery and like really kind of not great. And the game itself is just like broken as heck. Like you like I would get like stuck in scenery like there would be a scene where like a bunch of people are on screen talking and nobody's mouth is moving because nobody animated the mouth moving. Like I can't tell who's talking. It's just not. It's just not put together well. So what happened? And it's yeah. What happened? You saw it two years I don't, ago. I then- don't know. I played. I played a demo at TGS. It was, a, it was the last year. Persona Five was also at TGS. I remember that. And I played Persona Five and I played Valkyrie Revolution. And it was cool. It felt like at the time it felt kind of like samey for Valkyria. But I like the old Valkyria formula of like you're in like a like a like a a, a different like it's World War Two, but like things went differently and there's like a little more like fantasy to it. And that's what I really liked about it. And there was a lot more, a lot more strategy to it and a lot more for you to sink your teeth into. And this one just has like, here's a couple of things from Valkyria mechanics wise. And then here's a whole bunch of new stuff. And then a lady with some giant boobs and a really bad story. And just the game and the game like doesn't look good. Like the cutscenes don't look the, like the CGI cutscenes don't look good. Like the game just doesn't look good. And I maybe like, the, like 12 hours in and I just I, I, I really want to finish it because I want to see if all of this like 
holds up or gets better but like the like the generic like the generic uh main character is just like too generic you know when it's mm-hmm. like you're supposed to be like when you when you have a main character that you kind of insert yourself into it's like they write them as generic but likable so it's someone that you can put yourself into who will still have meaningful interactions to all the other characters in the game and this guy is just like awful there's like a point where you're reading a newspaper and like i don't know if they didn't record enough lines of dialogue and this actual moment was mentioned in a um a review online i'm glad someone else caught it but it's like the horrors of war and and the, and his the audio response is he just goes nice. <laughs> Wait, uh, and did you like, say the horrors of war? And like it's a it's an it's horrors. like a thing. Horrors. Know, and it's, it's it's a it's something like like the game ha- tries to say something about how horrible war is, and there's a moment where it's trying to portray this. Like, what are we fighting for? And the guy's response is just like nice. Cool. cool, cool. Story, and I bro. just, and I just, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna play more, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll report back later. But just like I, I'm really disappointed. Like I'm so disappointed, and I want it to get better. And I don't know if it's gonna get better. And it makes me really sad. It's confusing to me that this game came out <laughs> yesterday, and yet you are. Wait, no, wait. What day is it? I got, I got, <laughs> I got yeah. Tuesday. I got early code, okay. and I like stayed up very late, like playing a lot of it because I was very hyped to the, play it. The more, the part that's more confusing to me is that you. Well, no, it's not confusing at all, but. The fact that you're like, I'm 12 hours into this game. I don't like. Whereas I'm like, if I, I would probably stop after like. I don't four. know. I spent I, a lot of hours to get in Mass, far enough into Mass Effect. That's true. I, that's I fair. have hope because it, you know, it's, it's, you know, it hits my, my, my weeb trigger and my RPG trigger. Right. And it's in, you know, an Atlas Sega game. So I. I, and it's I, from a franchise that yes, historically franchise has put out good games. Good games. Yeah. So I want to believe. Looks, from what you're describing, it's like super hot mess mode. It's not a super hot mess, but okay. it's definitely one of the hottest of messes. Is it a thing a patch could fix? I don't. I don't know unless they like reanimate stuff. Like some of it just. Cool. Some of it just does not look good. Like the key art looks so beautiful, and I love the designs. And like, I just. I it just I'm just really disappointed and I want it to be better and I'm probably going to go back and play a few more hours and then probably like slink away to back to Fire Emblem but like I just want to believe men with pots on their heads men with pots on I their need heads more husbandos no. more husbandos I'm 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 disappointed because Valkyria series is so great and like that team did such great stuff and I don't know if like Revolution was rushed or like people stopped caring about it I, like I honestly don't know what happened it's not like it's and it's also like a Valkyria game. It's not Mass Effect where like, oh my God, we have to like rush ship, get it out this quarter. Everyone's looking at it. It's a freaking like Japanese weeaboo game. Like we can take a little <laughs> more time and make it what we what we need to be. But I'm just really disappointed. And if you're listening and you feel differently about it, like please let me know because I'm like about ready to jump ship. Mm. So that's fair. Wah. 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 Snymer, is there anything else that you would like to talk about that you've played? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, So this week I was actually participating in a tournament because my friend Meg Turney asked me to be on her team. Uh, This was Lenovo Legion and Microsoft's charity battle. Um, So it was basically a a tournament with different teams and we were all like had three days. We got knocked out day one. Spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) But it's fine. Um, So they had it was a different game each day. The first game that we all played was Gears of War four um and we played the horde mode and it had we had to do hardcore horde no cards Jeez. so 
Hardcore? Horde is really hard. Especially with, with no, no cards. cards. Yeah. Uh, so we had a tough time, but we also had a fun time. It was me, Meg, obviously, uh, Ryan Haywood from Rooster Teeth, and then also Pamela Horton. So, oh, Pam, she's yeah. great. We, I, I had never spoken to Ryan or Pamela before this night, but we had a great time, and uh, we actually didn't do that bad. Like The only reason we lost was because the other people, um, both Ryan and Meg are in Texas. So they had to, we had to cut out earlier than the other guys were on the West Coast. So they had longer. They knew what our score was, and they were kind of able to to beat it. It was score-based mm, for the no. first round. Um, not saying that's the only reason. I was watching their stream, and the guy clearly had way more strategy knowledge than we did. I mean, but it was a factor. A bit of strategy um, in, in Horde, knowing like where to place the the right defenses, what kind of defenses to use, how to spend your money. There's also new classes and, yep. you know, they kind of, we didn't quite understand what the different classes were doing because none of us had read up on it, which we should have, but whoops. <laughs> uh, and I was watching his stream and he was like, yeah, no, the scouts are the only ones that should be picking up money because they pick up more. And yeah, we, exactly. I was like, whoopsie daisy, we did not do that. Well, it's, a, it's a balance because while that's true there's no way the scout can pick everything up between each of the rounds before it disappears so you kind of have to divide and conquer especially depending on which map you're on and where you've chosen to set up your fabricator um i i love gears 4 um i'm sorry that you guys got knocked out in the first round but it's okay does it did it make you want to go back and play more of the campaign not the campaign i played most of the campaign and i got bored with it um it does make me want to play more horde mode with people though uh you know we could play together yeah i think we're going to we <laughs> because should. yeah i was just like oh man i forgot like zero to 50 girl fun. let's do it oh jeez. <laughs> can we put cards on this time oh yes no we're not playing on <laughs> oh, we're, not, we're not playing without cards <laughs> absolutely not hardcore i mean it, it was it was tough but it wasn't I mean, it was awful at certain points. No, but listen, once you get to like level like wave 30, even in like normal difficulty, yeah. it gets really intense, especially if you have one person who's lagging behind and not doing the right thing or goes down early or goes down frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really challenging game. I mean, obviously, they didn't want to make it too easy, but it's it's a fun game. It's really fun. Yeah. So the other thing that I played in preparation in case... We made it <laughs> to the next round. Uh, I played Forza. I think I played it was Horizon. Forza Horizon two three or three, yeah. Uh, the, whatever the demo was on Xbox, so I just downloaded that to like kind of mess around. And I actually had more fun than I thought I would because it is more arcadey. I don't. I think it's just I really don't like sim straight up sim racers. I just find them a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I was crashing into things, but getting points for it. Trying to figure <laughs> out how to drift, getting points for it. Uh, and I'm just like, yes, give me all these points. I may have come in last place, but I still feel like I accomplished something because points. look at the points on this screen. This must be good. Uh, and I actually didn't do too bad. I did actually win a few of the races, but granted against AI, so I'm not like hey. I'm not bragging over here. I'm oh. not that good, but it was it made practice. me feel okay. Yeah, yeah, any any racing game requires lots and lots of practice. You have to get used to the cars, get used to the braking, how quickly and slowly you have to take turns. And the Horizon series for Forza did really well, at, uh, particularly for an arcade racer, especially since the you know the Forza series is known for their simulation gameplay. And I'm, you know, I'm so glad that you got to experience it and because and, I love arcade racing games. It definitely broadened my horizons. It pushed me out of my comfort zone because I would have never normally played that game. Um, I was going to say, I see what you did there. You said it brought you <laughs> oh, oh, 
Sorry, sorry. I didn't even mean to make that pun. I Good chose job. to ignore it. <laughs> it wasn't. It was not intentional. Um, and so and the last game that I haven't played, but I have a code for now, and I'm going to play it is Halo Wars Two. Mm. Cool. I played that. I want, I played the I played play the with. original Halo Wars, and I think I got halfway through the campaign, and then I got stuck on this one mission that was really hard it was like a random difficulty spike that i didn't feel i had too much pride to like push it down to easy at that point and so then i just stopped playing i never have too much pride (laughs) i always i start on easy (laughs) i start on normal for everything pretty much and just kind of go from there well you are a stronger woman than i (laughs) um well this is great so this uh we now have a bunch of games that we can add to our pile of shame um that we need to play together um but we have all summer to get to so many games because the releases are pretty light until we get to August. So we have all of July to, you know, dip into some of these games. So if you guys are playing something or if you've played one of these games that we've talked about in this segment and um, you have some comments or you want to play with us, uh, let us know. Reach out to us. And uh, we have one more segment. We're going to be talking about the 20 year anniversary of the Harry Potter franchise. Harry Potter? And maybe some other stuff too. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this short break. our final segment of the What's Good Games podcast. Ladies, this segment is going to be a combination of our previous grab bag and off-topic segments. So sometimes we'll be talking about games. Sometimes we'll be talking about non-gaming stuff. Sometimes we'll be talking about both. Today, because we are celebrating, along with the rest of the world, the 20th anniversary of the Harry Potter series, we decided to talk about our Harry Potter experiences and how it has affected us or not affected us. So 20 years ago, British publisher J.K. Rowling's debut novel, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, the first in the seven book series about a boy wizard that went on to become a global phenomenon. That doesn't sound right. The Philosopher's Stone. It's the Sorcerers sorcerer's in America. Oh, it's yeah, that's right. in the UK. That's why I was like, huh. The UK is I was reading that weird. from an LA Times article because I wanted to see if they had some cool um, stats about the, about the series. Um, the complete seven-book series went on to sell more than how many million copies? Let's take a guess. Steimer, what's your guess? How many millions? Mm-hmm. 700 million. 750. Price is right rules. Don't say Uh-oh. 751 or I will hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really high number. Maybe like 500 million? 450 million. Oh, dang. Yeah, All over bid. Really Everybody's high. out. Nobody wins. That's surprising. Um, the initial hardback print run was only 500 copies. It was published on June 26, 1997. Damn. It is a little bonkers to think about how long ago that was. Yeah. I didn't actually start reading the Harry Potter series until late in high school. I didn't jump on the bandwagon right away. I waited a couple of years, but then once I was on, I was on. (laughs) I have read that series front to back seven times. 
Jesus. Wow. Because I really, really like wow. those novels. Because they there's also seven are books. Relatively, they're also relatively easy to, to power through. Yeah. When The Deathly Hallows was released, I sat down and finished it in one, like, 16-hour sitting. Holy shit. Just, I like, sat I down, honkered down. Was like, I'm going to read this front to back. It was just so good. It was so emotional. Was that, that the point. last one? That was that the was final the book. One. Yeah. When did that come out? I believe so. I was in college. So I think 2004 or 2005. Let me look that so up. So I remember really I was late in high school and uh, my ex at the time was a super duper Harry Potter fan. And I remember he was making such a huge deal about the new book that came out. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And that's my only like recollection of that time period. That's why I asked. Oh, I must have been. Oh, wait. Is that? No, that can't be the movie. It says published 2007. Hmm. Mm. Maybe I was older than I thought I was. <laughs> Maybe I was just imagining that I was still in college. Maybe I I'm thinking about a different college book. that year. Oh, no. So that can't be right then. I must have been. Yeah. Because I graduated in 2006. So I was about 19. Wow. You and me. Damn. Yep. <laughs> Little babies. So Andrea is a diehard fan. What yes. does it feel like to know that you've been into these books? Well, I guess you haven't been into them for 20 years now. Well, I haven't read them recently because they obviously stopped making the movies quite some time ago. But I was rereading them when the movies were being released. Just as a refresher, obviously, they weren't 100% canonical with the book series, as no movie property ever is. But they were pretty close. They kept most of the major plot points in play. They didn't change anything too dramatically, unlike Game of Thrones, which has just... Through the book series out the window. Damn it, HBO. I mean, they kind of have to because they're not finished. Sounds well, like another segment. Th- that's true, but they... Plus, I there's mean, so yes, many We characters. can talk about Game of Thrones yeah, some other time. Right. They changed some major things in that series that oh, I still absolutely. have issues with. But yeah. um, this series, I think, was really excellent because it got to follow the relationship of these kids from you know a very young age all the way through you know turning into adults. And... Something about that experience really resonated with me when I started reading the books as like a late teenager and then into my early 20s. And we're kind of reliving that experience of being in school and loving school. I was a very diligent student. I loved going to school. I loved you would have been a prefect. It was I'm kind of an oddball in that way that I spent a lot of time in in the library. I was very much like a Hermione Granger type. 100% 100% right down to like the brown nosing and being the teacher's favorite. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was so it really resonated with me in a way. And it, so when all of these promotions started happening this week about the 20th anniversary, it kind of blew my mind that it's been that long. Um, and I really hope that kids who are growing up now will read it and kind of hold it up as a classic, much like we hold up some of the other great authors like Tolkien and, Jordan and you know someday Martin will be held up in, in that group as well and there's obviously many other authors who have fantasy series but um Alexa you're a published author I am a published author I did it um I did the thing <laughs> what do you think of JK Rowling in her career as an author do you is she someone that you look up to as a example of success or do you not relate to her at all um, I relate to her a lot. I think the Harry Potter books are actually one of the, like, it's like, requ- if you're a fantasy buff, it's required reading. Um, I did the same thing you did. I picked up the books at midnight releases. I read them all in one sitting. I loved the books. Um, I, I I really feel like they are just one of, maybe one of the best fantasy series ever written. And I hold her very highly, but 
I, uh, when people say, you know, Harry Potter defined a generation, not me. Like, was I part of a different generation? Like, I love those books, but like, I didn't get into the movies. I didn't drink the Kool-Aid. I didn't get into like the cult of Harry Potter. And like, when I see all of these, like people celebrating like happy 20 years and like Facebook has like all like the stuff on it. And people are like, like I went to school with people that wore capes to school because they were so deep into like the Harry Potter, the Harry Potter lore or whatever. I have friends that went to Harry Potter world in Florida and like cried upon entering because they were so overwhelmed. I don't, I, I was not touched by Harry Potter. I enjoyed the <laughs> books, but I just don't feel anything beyond that. There's nothing wrong with that. Britt, did you feel the same way? Yeah. Um, probably a little less connected than you in the sense that I haven't read any of the novels. Um, I've seen the movies once each, and it kind of comes down to what I was talking about a few weeks ago, I think, on our podcast, is to me, Harry Potter, they're films. And I know that's not true. I know it all starts with the novels and people, I mean, would you say the novels are far superior than the films? I wouldn't say far superior. The, the novels are ex- <laughs> The novels are excellent, but I really enjoyed the movie um, series as well. I think they did an excellent job with those movies and the fact that they were able to maintain almost the whole cast through the entire production run of, you know, all eight of those movies is, is fantastic. And we got to watch these kids grow into their roles over the course of, you know, eight different films. And that to me was really astounding. I thought that they did a great job. I mean, obviously some were better than others, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that they jumped the shark the way the Hobbit movies did, Mm -hmm. for example. Can we not talk about those movies? I like to pretend, (laughs) I like to pretend the Hobbit movies never happened. Okay. We still have that's to, another that's another day. Marathon them. We do. Okay. That's a but, thing. But for now, we will we will not shelve them as a topic of conversation for right. another time. My acid reflux so. kicked up as you mentioned them. <laughs> but I, I'm just glad though that people like you watched the movies yeah. and then learned about the book series and maybe did it ever inspire you to go back and want to read them at all? Not. I know you're a zombie novel fan. <laughs> no, and so like I was saying a couple weeks ago, I was talking about this. I enjoy movies and film. But I can never really immerse myself like I do with video game franchises because with video games, I feel like I am the story. I am part of it. I can bend it to my will. I can fully immerse myself and participate. Whereas with film, I have this really unfortunate filter where I know in the back of my mind, it's all acting. It's all Hollywood magic, you know, and it's really hard for me to fully like I can never obsess over a film the way I do video games. So for that reason, I don't think I'll ever read the novels but i do love the films i mean all the one time i've seen them all but uh i don't think it'll ever go any deeper than that the world (laughs) Uh, the world that jk rowling oh sorry go ahead steimer oh i was just gonna say but books are a different medium i know you mostly read zombie do you just not like reading in general and usually no i love actually i really love reading i've always loved reading it's just i don't have the time I mean, I, mm. of course, everyone has the time. But these I just are don't real easy it. reads, like real easy. No, and it's not about that. There's just also this other like filter in my or mental block where it's like, eh, I feel like I'm late to the party. It's like it's ah. never too late. And I know that's not true. Being late to the party when it comes to novels. <laughs> no, and I know that's true, but it's just not something that I highly prioritize now. If it was like brand new Resident Evil novel coming out, like talking about lore. You know, whatever. Of course, I'd be all over that. Even if it was something like Mass Effect or Dragon Age, I'd be all over that as well. But because it's something that's so old, I feel like, eh. You're like, it's 20 years old. I'm not saying it wouldn't be worth reading. (laughs) (laughs) I know it would be worth reading. I'm not... I'm acknowledging that, but it's just not something that I really ever care to do. Hey, listen. If it doesn't speak to you, it, it doesn't speak to you. There was just... 
such a artistic way that J.K. Rowling created this world. The detail, you know, of Diagon Alley and like the descriptions of the magic spells, mm-hmm. you know, the really fantastic world building she did with all of these characters from the professors mm-hmm. to the students to the to the muggles and like how the muggle world interacts you know with the magic world and each individual book had such a unique characteristic to it that really all tied together in a macro sense throughout the whole series it felt incredibly cohesive and a lot of long fantasy series tend to lose their way a little bit in mm-hmm. the middle mm-hmm. and as a big fan of fantasy books like I recognize that and you kind of roll with the punches because you're like, they're going to bring it back around eventually. Mm. And I never felt the Harry Potter series lost its way in any of the books. Some of the stories I liked better than others and I related to more than others, but I never looked at any of the individual books as duds. Right. And maybe that's just my personal fandom coming out. Uh, Maybe people who are listening have one that they didn't like or they liked more than others. But Alexa, did you feel that there was a particular book that maybe didn't make the cut or wasn't up to snuff with the rest of them. I like, I just feel like those books got better and better with each one. Like, I feel like she, she learned and she refined her writing style and things just became like richer and better the farther we went in. And also she did a really good job of closing her own plot holes and answering her own questions. Like a lot of authors who write these long, long, long series will sometimes like leave something on the table or walk away from something or something is left with like, there's a loophole or there's a plot hole or something is just something doesn't feel right when you finish the series. And she went back and cleaned up everything, which is not easy. So like a plus there. Absolutely. And I kind of judge a novel series on how I can emotionally interact with it. Who here has cried while reading a book? Oh, man. Ah. it's okay it's okay if you haven't cried while reading oh, a book also we all raised our or three of us raised our hand i just realized audio people will have no Brittany idea did not raise so her Brittany, hand you can probably Every, tell by her ah. everyone dies in a zombie novel so it's eh. you're desensitized i'm desensitized i don't get attached the way that the storylines converged in the final book was so emotional and yet so rewarding the dynamic between Dumbledore and Snape and how it really went right down to like the very end before she resolved, you know, that whole relationship between them was something that was so masterfully done. Like this like cat and mouse game between these two characters through so many different books and through so many different films. (laughs) I love the graphics that we have on screen right now. (laughs) If you guys have never watched the show, please. Now's um, the time. Please check it out. Um, and it was just um, it, even talking about it now makes me want to go back and, and read it again. Has anybody read the the new book, the play, no. the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child? No. So this was a play uh, that started in the UK. I believe it's on Broadway here in New York mm-hmm. now, and hopefully we'll be making a wider run in the near future. But the book is a follow up, and it uh, kind of picks up where the um. The epilogue, I believe, leaves off. I don't know if I'm... Yeah, it's like their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like them as adults with their kids and what happens um, to them. And I thought it was also really excellently done. It was a different style of writing because it is written in play format. as like a script. 
So it takes a little getting used to, and it's much shorter because of that, but still very much worth your time if you guys have not read it yet. I have a copy you can borrow. I feel like I just want to wait until it comes around and see it as a play. I've read plays before, obviously, for high school, um, like lit class and things like that. Macbeth. I don't I don't love reading plays. Reading I want plays to is a lot of see work. the play. So show me the play. <laughs> where where is the Harry Potter series right now? Anything new coming up or is it done? Well, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find uh, Them. It was like a it was considered like a prequel movie set in the Harry Potter universe, but did not touch on Harry Potter and the characters. Oh, Harry Potter it's in that world. Pretty done. Yeah, oh, J.K. Rowling has very closed. definitively said like this is over. Hmm. Like I'm no longer telling Harry's story. It's, Which it's I done. appreciate. Right. Sure. Because a lot of people would be like, well, I could make a lot more money if I would just figure something out here and just slap it on paper. People will go buy it, but she wants to preserve yeah. The good name of well, Harry Potter. Sure she right. also wants to move on from it, right? She spent yeah, she so book, many right. years of her life um, writing about those characters in that world. And I know she's like most creative. I'm sure that she's got lots of other stuff whirling around in her brain that she wants to share with the world. And I'm excited to see what she's working on next. She has she wrote that other one. I can't remember the name book. of it. Published uh, another book. Called... But it was very different. Very, very I didn't different. read it, but I read the I like thumbed through it at a bookstore. Also, isn't she amazing on Twitter? Oh, yeah. She's the blast people. She is the best Twitter-er. Twitter-er. She's the queen of Twitter. (laughs) She's so good at Twitter. The Um, queen of Twitter. Should we look up some of her best tweets? The casual vacancy of Twitter. So since we're talking about celebrating Harry Potter's 20th anniversary and Harry Potter spilling out into the real world, I have to ask, did any of your colleges have a Quidditch team? Because mine did. No. But I went to a Big Ten school. So oh. they might have had one and I just didn't know we, about it, which would be tragic. We had a Quidditch team that <laughs> that played Quidditch against other colleges in the area that also had Quidditch teams. But how is it possible to play that when you can't fly? Yeah. Um, so right. people, people ran around with broomsticks between their legs. The snitch was a guy in spanky golden shorts. <gasps> That's weird. A very, <laughs> a very, very muscular, very good looking guy how in hot spanky, is the guy? in like glitter spanky okay, golden shorts. <laughs> um, that was the 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 snitch, and he could run anywhere. So we would they would play on um a section of the campus that was just like a big open field, like sort of in the middle of all the buildings. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching a game because I had a friend on the Quidditch team. And they were just, it's, 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 you're playing a ball game with your hands, except you're also holding a broomstick between your leg and running around. And one guy is in spanky shorts running, um, running around. And I, the game that I watched, he ran out into traffic, across traffic, across the bridge, across from our campus and away. And everyone, like, the three people on both teams. I forget how that sports played. Seekers, Who cares? It's seekers. Fake. There's only two the seekers. seekers. Okay, well, one on each them. team. And they would have been chasing him. And the two, and the, they, and they went after him. And the game doesn't end until somebody catches him. Correct. So that game was like six and a half hours long. Before <laughs> was he these... a long distance runner? Yes. Okay. They were gone. <laughs> they were gone for so long. We found out later that they actually like stopped and got food and then came back. Amazing. Like they took like the snitch and the seekers took a break in like the middle of the game. That's but, illegal. But That's these people, ridiculous. but these people played played this game for hours and people watched and people dressed up for it and it was so weird okay 
it was I think so he weird. Who shall not be named is making an appearance. In the graphic. The gra- wait a minute. Is that Boston? If this photo was taken in Boston, then this is the team. This is my team. <laughs> this is the That's team. Um, no, but people played freaking Quidditch. Like it, it was weird. Okay, so Harry Potter fans, <laughs> have you played any of the video games? Yes, they're not great. I, I, no, I, I reviewed a few for what? IGN. I don't remember what I gave them, but it wasn't great. I never played the video games. It wasn't bad. There was one that the was like a seven. The only video game I, I played was Lego Harry Potter, which was excellent. Yes. Well, the, the, Lego, well, games the Lego games are phenomenal. Yes. They're great. So did you purposefully stay away from them? I didn't purposefully, but um, much like some of the not so great Lord of the Rings games that came out way back when, um, so I was not drawn to them because they didn't have a bunch of critical acclaim people were like oh my gosh this game is so great you have to play if that had happened i probably would have gone out of my way to play now i'm kind of curious i might have to look up let's stream there it was, there was one that was decent because i remember playing it obviously because i had to um and well, i didn't have to but i wanted to uh and there was the, remember the part where harry like takes the potion and he like has or he's like more charming or i can't remember the name of the potion the like the luck the, one l- the luck potion yeah yeah the way they did it in the game was actually really cute too. Like the whole screen's kind of like, and just the way they did, they did the visual effects on that, I, I enjoyed a lot. And I still remember that to this day. I think Harry Potter would be a fantastic VR game or VR experience. Yeah. Jeff, well, so I was on Jeff Canada's podcast earlier this week. DLC. And yes, DLC. And he was saying that there is a game called. I'm not going to remember it. It's a VR game that's basically not Harry Potter licensed, but it's a magical VR game where you kind of like make potions and you make spells and you go out in the world and it's do Skyrim VR. No. <laughs> <laughs> there was Skyrim. She no, it's sound called so the magic something it. or the magician something or I, I wish I could remember it. But he, when he was talking about it, I was like, you're making this sound like Harry Potter VR. And he was like, kind of is. So here's a question. Hmm. We just did a Facebook Q&A where we answered the question, if we could make any video game, what would it be? And several people actually said they would make a Harry Potter, Harry Potter MMO. I wouldn't could, want an MMO. What? Could you see oh. that working? Um, well, yeah. You know, there are enough like, characters well. that I could see it working. There are enough like major quest lines, side quest lines, NPCs, areas in the world. That could definitely work. I think it's kind of missed its time, though. Yeah. I think if that game had come out 10 years ago, it would be perfect. But coming out now, it's probably like that ship has sailed for a lot of fans because they can't capitalize on the promotion from the movies coming out and Mm. the new books. Mm. Um, But that is a great idea. That will never come to light. I don't wow. think I would do more with like a, a single player RPG. I think you hit it on the more head. More of VR. Like a, like a much better one than the ones that came out before it. <laughs> Give yeah. me a really yeah. good one. Yeah, VR would be great. A single player RPG would also be great. Um, even potentially, well, I guess, you know, you don't want too much combat in there because there is some combat. It's just this. Not, not it's, a lot. You don't fight a lot of flicking. One something osis. That's true. Yes. So yeah. it would be good for oh. the Wii. Bring the Wii modes back. Oh, God. Mm. For the Switch. No. no, the Switch has the wigglies. All of the waggles. Yeah, the Joy-Cons. Yeah, yeah. And you can have motion control there, too. But, um, but yeah, so um, Harry Potter is forever in my heart. Now I kind of want to read it again, though I'm still reading The Wheel of Time. Have you and been to Harry Potter World yet? Because so I, I haven't gone. And I actually looked up. So Butterbeer is yes, something I that drink I've it. always yeah. wanted to try because we can make it. 
Well, according to um, I've made it the before. Harry Potter Wikia, it says the Wizarding World of Harry Potter um, serves butter beer either cold with a taste similar to cream soda or frozen mm-hmm. as a slush with a butterscotch-like foam on top. Mm. It's so good. I've made it with alcohol. Yeah. I go every Wait. year. And so the first time I had one, I drank the whole thing. I cannot do not do that. Is it a lot of sugar? Oh, fuck. I'm so sorry. Much. Can I just say the one really non-Harry Potter person goes to Harry Potter every I, year I, and drinks a butterbeer? What is this garbage? Can we go together next time? <laughs> I've never I been. But John Universal went Studios. and he brought me back a, a chocolate wand, which I still have in our cupboard because I can't bring myself to eat it. Dude. I got the best swag from one of the Harry Potter, like from one of the reviewers, whatever, the WB sent it to me because I was reviewing the game. I got uh, the wand, the Elder Wand. What? I don't know where it is anymore <gasps> after all of my moves. The Elder Wands. I know. <laughs> I know. It's one of the Deathly Hallows. It's one of the Deathly Hallows. Anyway. Do you, so you know the symbol with the triangle, yeah. the circle, mm-hmm. and the stick? Yeah. It's the stick. Okay. Goodness. That's the, that's the most remember. basic way to, to explain that. <laughs> Interesting. No, it's really, you know, even though I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, Simon, like, I enjoy the fantasy aspect of it. And it's really cool to go in there because it does make you feel like you're in a different world. And to me, I love that. So while I'm not big on the lore, I appreciate the scenery. Anyway, what I was going to say is I go every year and I have one sip of it and then I throw it out. So let's share it. Yeah. Let's do you, it. Do you do the frozen one? I, the... think, I think I've done both. I think I've done the frozen one, but I know for sure I've gotten the cream sickly, butterscotchy, whatever yeah, Why it haven't is. you invited us? Why don't you Probably like because us? she was <laughs> busy kidding. running her business before What's Good Games happened. It happened. Running her business at Universal Studios? <laughs> Work from <laughs> Hey, you know computer. what? Field research is a thing, Steimer. We all have to do it from time to time. <laughs> Twist my arm. All right. Well, ladies, um, is there anything else you want to add um, about our Harry Potter conversation? Yeah, I just bought some of the new Harry Potter collection on Black Milk. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. What'd you get? I got a t-shirt that has the Deathly... Or no, it doesn't have Deathly Hallows. It has um, the lightning bolt, Harry Potter's forehead, glasses, and something else, like tiny little icons kind of all over it. And then I got a blouse that has Hedwig, or just owls, kind of like all over it. Um, that doesn't... You wouldn't really know it's Harry Potter unless you got kind of close to it. Right. Um, because I think she's... Or it. I keep thinking it's Hedwig just because... That's the owl I relate to the most. Uh, but she's, she's got a letter, so I assume it's the Hogwarts acceptance letter. Did any of you watch Potter Puppet Pals? What is that? You oh, my God. Puppets. Potter I Puppet Pals. I love the internet. I was an internet troll child <laughs> Did 20, 10 years ago, whatever. The internet wasn't um, around when I was Potter a child. Puppet Pals. <laughs> yes, me and Puppets. Call me out. Yep. Um, somebody just made hand puppets of, like, Harry Potter and made, like, really dumb reductive like mini like mini <laughs> oh shows they're very they're very funny and they are very reductive um but they're like that was like the big thing coming out. i think they started coming out around the fourth or the fifth book somewhat some random person just like made them so if you haven't seen potter puppet pals google it and go look at it it's it looks the weirdest fun. thing um there was an internet meme for naked time that came from this so you should watch it our resident puppet master. Alexa there they Ray. are on screen. Hello, the, puppets. Uh, the Potter puppet. If pal. it's got puppets I in love it, I'm probably one. interested in it. Just saying. Look at Snape. It's perfect. He he does. Look I am the perfect. puppet master. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Um, so They're before, funny. Before we go, which houses are you all in? Gryffindor. I haven't taken the test in a while. What? 
I know, which is weird. I, took the test. I know I didn't even explain my Harry Potter story. Thanks, guys. But okay. uh, <laughs> wait, no, no. While I'm pulling up the test, you explain no. your Harry it was, Potter story. It's not even that good. That's why I didn't make it it's too late. Now, now, now you- so I started by watching the movie. First movie, thought didn't like it. Which is weird for me because I I love magic. As I explained on the Mm -hmm. video for Facebook this week, magic is my obsession. I wish it was real. And didn't like the first movie, but thought I'm going to read the book because I often will do this. I'll watch a movie and if I like even a little bit about it, I'll go see if there's a book version because there usually is. And we'll read that because it's often much better. Hmm. Got hooked off the book. So I was like, all right. Now this is my jam, and I, I don't think I ever went to midnight releases, but I definitely got the books, like, as they as soon as they came out. I remember reading them all night, like, not sleeping at all, even though I had school. Who cared? Uh, <laughs> crying hysterically in my bedroom at certain moments. when It was just, it was a very emotional roller coaster for me, yeah. but I, I super appreciate it, but I'm not... Uh, and I, I'm to the level where I will buy, <laughs> buy overpriced clothing for it, but <laughs> I won't... And I'm not saying I won't haven't done like capes or anything crazier than a t-shirt with some symbols on it. it. Uh, and I have I'm I'm not super into like the sort. I don't know what it is about it. I just want it to be real so badly. It <laughs> makes me sad that it's not. I draw the line at talking hats. I'm glad it's not real. I like the talking <laughs> hat. Yeah, but Alexa. I okay, like we're gonna it. do the quiz. Okay, okay yes. Brittany For- and Steimer are gonna do the quiz. Okay, great. You ready? Yeah. Okay. You've made it to Hogwarts, which means you've already bought a wand from Ollivanders. What material is at its core? Phoenix. I'm oh, sorry. I was going to say we're doing this one at a time, right? So she'll go first and then I can go. No, I have two oh, windows oh, up. Two. Oh, okay. I've got this down, timer. Phoenix feather, dragon heartstring, or unicorn hair? Dragon. I'm going to go unicorn. Okay. Next question. During the end of year exams, you noticed that one of your classmates was using an enchanted quill. You come top of the class anyway, but they are second. What do you do? Tell the professor immediately cheating is wrong no matter what. Nothing, but if I hadn't come to the top of the class, I'd definitely tell the professor. Encourage the other student to admit what they've done to the professor or give them a high five for managing to sneak the quill into the exam. Hmm... I would like to think that I would tell the professor, but I'm kind of a wuss and I probably wouldn't do anything. So what should you do? <laughs> the Nothing? The nothing one probably. If I'm being realistic, nothing. Yeah, I'd do nothing. Okay. God, you guys. Ain't my problem. You would be most hurt if a person called you weak, ignorant, unkind, or boring. Ignorant. What were they again? Weak, ignorant, unkind, or boring. Ignorant, I guess, yeah. I don't want to be Oh my stupid. god, you're I both, cho- you're both cho- gonna be like Ravenclaw. Weak. You're locked in a duel with a skilled opponent. They fire an unknown spell at you and you shout, Expel your armas, Protego, Stupefy, or Crucio. Is there a Shitorama? <laughs> Do you not know what these spells no. mean? No. <laughs> the last one is a bad one. The last one's just a bad saying. one. The last I, li- one's I bad. like the it first will- one. It just sounded cool. The <laughs> last arms. one will probably land you in jail. Oh. Um, Wizard jail. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best uh the first one. Oh my gosh what's happening right now um Steimer? That's, that's i know that that's pa- a spell of choice um it was stupefy what was the other one that's not crucial? protego protego expelliarmus i think stupefy stupefy <laughs> okay 
It's your fifth say. year at Hogwarts and you've just received a howler from your parents. Well, that's for? a very bad angry letter that, that screams at you. A howler? Yeah, it's yeah. like an angry red envelope that comes and then it's your mother or father's voice literally screaming at you in the middle of okay, the room. got it. So you got it for sneaking into the Forbidden Forest at night on a dare, getting caught cheating in my divination owl. Being put in detention after I was caught in the library after hours, or nothing. I'd never do anything to warrant a howler. The library one. I'd probably wander off in the forest. <laughs> magic. <laughs> Got beat up by a Which magic tree. of these Dumbledore yep. quotations speak to you? Pity the living, and above all, those who live without love. Words are, in my not-so-humble opinion, our most inexhaustible source of magic. It matters not what someone is born, but what they grow to be. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Mm. They're all so good, Dumbledore. I like the last one. I like the first one. Fuck all you, right. Steimer. Why? <laughs> oh, wow. No need to get mad. It's all right. Which of these most accurately describes your relationship with your closest friends? I love surrounding myself with people. The more friends I have, the better. I have very few close friends that I would trust with my life. I tend to be wary around new people, so don't make new friends often. Or I find myself becoming friends with people who could help me succeed. The third one. I think I'd be the second one. Right? The close friends with the, yeah. Okay. Your life. Yeah. Which of your skills are you most proud of? Your ability to absorb new information, ability to make new friends, ability to get what you want, or your ability to keep secrets. Get what I want. <laughs> Dang, Brit. Dang, yeah, girl. The first one was what again? Absorb new information. I would say that, even though I didn't absorb that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm very smart. The first Quidditch match of the season is approaching, and you can't wait to get involved. What role are you playing? Seeker. I want the glory. Chaser. I like to be involved and work as part of the team. Beater. I like having all that power. Or I'll be in the crowd, making sure supporter morale is high. So if this were soccer, I was always a midfielder. What would that be? That would probably Chaser? be the beater. You'd be a oh, beater. Right? Yeah. Beater. Okay. You seem like someone who would like to fly around on a broomstick and whack other people with yes. something heavy. Sure. I mean, it If I've had a stressful fun. day, why not? Timer? Timer? Okay, so I I actually mixed that up, and I thought the chaser would have been more like midfield. I mean, so it's tough. It depends what kind of mid midfield you play. You're right? too aggressive so, to be a chaser. No, midfield can be a, a power position, or or it can be a support position, depending on how it's played. True. So That's soccer what I liked is about not it. a like a perfect like a great analogy. one to one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say beater too, because I really do want to probably hit people. Like, I get yeah. aggro sometimes. Do it. <laughs> You're allowed a pet at Hogwarts: an owl, a cat, or a toad. Which do you bring? You can bring an owl, cat, or toad, or nothing. I can't be trusted to look after a pet. Owl. The owl sounds cooler, but I'd probably go with a cat because it's cuddlier. I picked a cat as well. Avi. <laughs> Avi. <laughs> it's Saturday. You finish your homework and you have some free time. You decided to spend some time away from your common room. Where do you go? The Forbidden Forest, the library, the kitchens, or the room of requirement? The forest. You're going to the forest, I'm eh? Go to the forest. Sounds better. Are you trying to be Irish right there? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I have a friend, and she's from the the. Steimer, what's your answer? Um, uh, I would probably go to the forest too. It sounds the, like the most interesting. She's from the East Coast, options. and there's a game called okay. the Forest, and she calls it oh the Forest. What would you see so in the mirror yeah. of 
Era said, myself surrounded by riches, myself surrounded by my loving family and friends, myself knowledge above all, myself experiencing a marvelous adventure. So for you, because you might not know, the that mirror shows you what you most desire in life. Friends and family. Um, yeah. I, I like those things. I feel like the most next important. question. Stimer, like, surrounded by social- totally fuckable aliens. <laughs> oh, I mean, is that an option? That's not <laughs> an option. That counts as friends and family. It's not an option. <laughs> Choose a deathly hallow. The Shit. Elder Wand. The Resurrection Stone. Or the Cloak of Invisibility. Invisibility. Yeah, that. That's what I picked, too. This Bobby. is such a long <laughs> quiz. Next question. What's it's almost done. Security <laughs> Which path do you intend to follow after leaving Hogwarts? I joined the ministry. I want to make a difference in the world. I think I'd travel for a while before committing to a career. I'd settle down and start a family as soon as possible, or I'd continue to work it hard in order to achieve as much success as possible. Travel. Two. Yeah. Traveling. Travel. Especially if I'm a, like, if I'm a wizard and I can teleport. Hey, final question. Come on, man. We know that the sorting hat takes into account your preferences. So which Hogwarts house do you feel you identify with the most? Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, or Slytherin? I have no idea what any of those mean. So, so Gryffindor is like the brave, like leaders, like people that sort of um, are just like have a lot of courage and are maybe like a little bit stronger. Uh, Ravenclaw are like the like the super like bookishly like smart people mm-hmm. and they're very clever. Slytherins are kind of like Gryffindor, except they're a little more conniving and they're a little more you know the ends justify Evil. the means. And Hufflepuff are miscellaneous. Griff, <laughs> Hufflepuff are kind and, and they're yeah, Hufflepuff kind and kind of people, yeah. Uh, I like, would say Raven, Ravenclaw. <laughs> Gryffindor. Because I'm not after glory Ravenclaw. usually, but I do like to read. <laughs> All right. Brit, you are 36% Gryffindor, 27% Ravenclaw, 19% Slytherin, and 18% Hufflepuff. Goodness. Steimer, you are 35% Gryffindor, 31% Ravenclaw. Ooh. Very close. Getting 19% classic, Hufflepuff and 15% Slytherin. So all I'm four of us classic. got placed in Gryffindor. Yeah, so just like the description says, just like Hermione Granger, you were ultimately placed in Gryffindor, but the Sorting Hat seriously considered putting you in Ravenclaw. You are a natural-born leader, often taking control of the reins from others whose recklessness or dedication to facts and knowledge clouds their judgment. You are intelligent, but acknowledge that there are more important things in life and therefore aim to use your intelligence and determination to fight for what you believe to be right. Your slight compatibility with Slytherin House suggests a determination to succeed, though not at the expense of traits of your more dominant houses. For Steimer, your slight compatibility with Hufflepuff suggests a deep love and appreciation for those close to you, which you may keep hidden for fear of being hurt. True that. Thanks, BuzzFeed. Oh, that that was, is surprisingly that insightful. Much better than those old cosmopolitan girls back in the day. All right, so that was a little bit longer than I anticipated it going, but thank you so much for humoring us and our Harry Potter quiz. I love me some Harry Potter. Before we go, um, we have a bunch of people to thank, but check it. I have in my hands. I don't know if we can do a digital zoom here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Thanks. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me, uh, Andrea, who, who made us this amazing so, What's Good Games cup? This is, yeah, I know. Hold on. This is a custom glass-etched pint glass. And if you are listening and you want to see it, you can go to our Twitter feed, What's Good Games, um, What's Good underscore games, excuse me. 
That's it. Yes. 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 Um, my Twitter feed at Andrea Brene, and there's photos of it. It is from uh, a lovely gentleman named Stephen. He has a company called Etched NM. So that's etched like it's etched in glass. And so it's NM for New Mexico. So etchednm.com is where you can find his work. He made us these custom pint glasses. They are beautiful. We love them. Thank you so much for sending them to us. We will definitely be using them on next week's show. They arrived just before the show today, so we didn't get a chance to properly clean them up and, and use them, but we will use them on a stream and a show in the very near future. Um, some people on Twitter have already asked, like, can I get one? We don't know. We're going to talk and see if there's a way for us to maybe incorporate these into our care package patron tier or potentially bring a select few of them with us to PAX West. Um, but we love them and they're awesome. So thank you very much for sending those to us. And another big thank you to take this, one of our sponsors for the show. I got my stage of development scarf today and I forgot to bring it out here. Super excited about that. So that is all about, um, indie devs in Chicago. If you guys haven't watched it yet, I believe it's going to be coming to YouTube sometime soon. If it's not already on there, I should probably double check that. But, um, ladies, where can the people find you? Steimer? Hi, I'm on the internet, mostly at Steimer. <laughs> well, no need to be facetious. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I was You're like, but but, but I, I was but I, I wasn't on the even. Internet. Okay, bye. Uh, but no, for reals. Um, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter. I'm at Steimer. On Instagram, I'm at K Steimer because I can't get my name there. <laughs> um, I am on all the social medias as at Blonde Nerd. Very easy. I am at Alexa C on Twitter at Alexa Ray on Instagram and. If you go to Amazon.com and type my name into the search bar, you can buy my book. Kingdom Hearts 2 from Boss Bite Books. Yes, it's very good. There's an excerpt up on Kotaku if you want to preview it. And she probably won't say this because she's too humble, but I pre-ordered her book and it still hasn't arrived because apparently demand was so high that Amazon ran out of copies mm-hmm. and they have Print to and delay. Yeah, print I, me I my copy later. Pre-ordered mine too a long time ago and I haven't gotten it my, yet. My editor sent me a picture of the physical copy this morning. So they will be in your hands very soon. Um, we should talk about maybe doing a book signing at PAX. I was planning on it. <gasps> so if you're at PAX West and you have the book, I'll have a couple copies on me. So be happy to sign. Well, if I come into... The possession of more than a couple copies. Maybe we can sell some at our panel at PAX. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Um, and you can find me on the internet at Andrea Renee. I also am part of a daily live show and a new show at Kind of Funny, Kind of Funny Games Daily. Um, me and Danny O'Dwyer are now part of that team. And I'm very excited for him to come back from Europe so we can host together. He's been gone. Um, but yeah, you guys can check that out over there. But yeah, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Be part of our Facebook community. Join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash what's good games. We couldn't do this without you guys, without your support. Be part of our Twitch community. We have a lot of fun in the chat. Our mods are fantastic. If you guys are watching our moderators, we deeply appreciate you and what you do for our community. And we look forward to, you know, talking to more of you. So reach out to us. Thanks so much for listening and um, have a great weekend. Bye, everybody. Bye.